Death by DVD. I am your host, Alexander Nash, and with me as always, the Miguel Salazar of the podcast world. It's Hanky. That's incredibly rude. I would at least be Rickles. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. That's an up or a down, dude. I don't know if you like that's If you're going to call me an who asshole. Wants to be Rickles? Hey, he at least had a, a use at some point. He, he managed to make it through basic training in the military. I'm not going to have a mental breakdown and cry and have to get shot up with morphine. That's, really? that's, I think I, uh, I'm not so sure about that. I, I, you would be Salazar. I'm You'd John be- Amplis. I would like to shoot you in the fucking face. I don't know his character's name. I've seen that movie 60, 70 times. I can't remember his name. Yeah, anytime I bring up John Amplis is in Day of the Dead, it's like, no, no, he's not. He's he's, he's in that one scene in Dawn of the Dead. No, he's a lead fucking character in Day of the <laughs> yes, Dead. Yes, he is, Hank. <laughs> he, he's in most of the movie, man. He's in the movie. He's in all of it till the very end, and then shit hits the fan, and there's no more Amplis. It's sad. Oh, so... Recently seen. Oh, God. What did I watch recently? Yes. Well, I watched a movie called The Candy Tangerine Man from 1975 recently. You asked me if it was a Criterion Collection movie. I wish. I think Matt Simber that directed it wishes. It's a black exploitation film, one of the classic black exploitation films directed by uh, an old Jewish white guy. You know, that's, that's about average. That's about average when it comes to black exploitation. But it's about this pimp, a very vicious pimp, a pig killing, cop killing pimp. And he's a pretty big badass, man. He, uh, like, one of his tricks steals some money from him and he hunts that bitch down. He doesn't let things slide. And eventually you find out that, you know, he's a vicious, he's like Batman. By day, he is a very vicious pimp. And by night, he goes home and is a very humble family man and a businessman. And it's uh, just kind of a, I wouldn't say pointless, but. A general black exploitation movie. It's very violent. It has a lot of black people in it. Again, directed by an old Jewish man. Came out to 1975. I watched it recently. You can buy better it. Or worse than a Cohen black exploitation film. Much better. It's better than Black Caesar, then. I really, yeah, I was strong. This, well, I mean, because, well, there's two different animals here because Black Caesar has a point and it has, like, a premise and it follows, like, a beginning, middle, and end. This just is kind of all over the place and it's about him. It's an art film. It has, I guess, uh, integrity and I think more people would take that as a compliment. You might be one of the only people to call the, the 
Candy Tangerine Man, an art film. It's one of uh, Samuel L. Jackson's favorite films, one of Quentin Tarantino's favorite movies, if that gives you anything about its vibe. It's very long, it has a lot of violence, and nothing really particularly happens. So, so like, scenes of this were ripped off and thrown in Jackie Brown? Is that oh, what you're telling me? Certainly, certainly. <laughs> that's Okay, that's par for the course. So this week, my recently seen is something I've seen before, but I haven't watched in, God, 12 years probably. It was the Black Christmas remake because the old lady wanted to watch it. And we watched it, and I've always been kind of down on that movie um, because it in no way encapsulates the... uh, Was this my fault? No, it wasn't your fault. This is something that she just pulled out. Oh, wow, so it was random timing for what I... Random timing. Weird how the universe works. Magic. This was a few days ago, actually. And um, the original Black Christmas is a classic. It's a classic of suspense, storytelling, and filmmaking. And the uh, the remake, I understand that they didn't want to redo the exact same thing and just remake the exact same movie. But they use enough of the plot of Billy. It's like, well, what was Billy's backstory? Let's fill that in and turn him into a weird jaundiced freak who has a child with his own mother and a bunch okay. of weird goofy shit that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You know that Scottish guy that was in Face Off that has the scars on his face whose name completely leaves my mind right now? Yes. He's in Sunday Yeah, he is. Um, and Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, which I recently saw. That's a good one. I enjoy that. I thought he was the killer in... What, am I, what remake is he in? He's in a remake. I don't know what you're referencing. I Man, we're going to Google this while you continue talking and hopefully don't say anything that I have to listen to because I don't know his name and I don't... What do I Google? Scarface Scottish guy? Yeah. Uh, he was a gladiator. He was in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, well, I'm um, an idiot, but you can't think of his name, so we don't... Neither of us have excuses. I'm pretty sure he's in gladiator anyway. But anyway... He's the friend um, that goes to help Maximus toward the end of the movie, and then they hang him. Tommy Flanagan is his name. Huzzah! But, um, okay. So they get with, like, a ridiculous plot in this Black Christmas remake. But overall, for that era, the mid-2000s, and for it being a dimension picture, it's a little madcap and, what year like, did it over come the out? top and crazy. 2006. Ah. And, um... The trailers are complete bullshit. They even shot stuff for the, like, the wine scenes went back and shot new footage for the trailers because they didn't think the trailers that they cut from what's actually in the movie was exciting enough. So, false advertising to begin with. But overall, it's a goofball fest. And, like, I don't know. And I will applaud it for just having Christmas music in it. And it doesn't have um, a dumb heavy metal soundtrack associated with, like, the songs from God Smack and Mudvayne. None of that shit. But at the same time, the trailer does have, like, that, like, mid-2000s vibe of what a horror film is. It's got to be bloody and crazy and over the top. But it's still of that kind of scream vein of horror films from that era. But overall, it's an okay movie. If you have not seen the original film, it has nothing to do with it really at all, other than, like, character names and general concept. Which brings me to the next topic. Which is this new Black Christmas remake from Blumhouse? I just saw the trailer for. What in the fuck is this? Because it's not even like you literally just took the title Black Christmas and said, We're going to make our own movie. It takes place on a college campus and it's The Skulls. It's, it's skull- about Sorry. Christmas. I don't know what the fuck it's about. It's about a dopey killer in a cloak and a black mask. It's a slasher, dude. 
And that's there's a popular. frat cult. I don't know. What the fuck is this? Well, what take is this a look story? around. Look outside of the uh, jump scare, ghost, spooky goblin horror movies that Blumhouse puts out. What's the other product that's coming out right now? It's all slasher movies. So, you know, let's take an old property, turn it into a slasher movie. That sells. Halloween is getting, what, two more movies? Oh, and by the way, speaking of slasher movies, Tommy Flanagan was the stranger in the remake of What a Stranger Calls from 2006. There you go. I knew he was in a remake of something, but for some reason I really thought it was... uh, Black Christmas. But what's popular, it's, you know, that whole 80s thing is going out of trend, that now it's the late 80s, so you gotta start remaking things in that fashion, and it's the neo-slashers, because that's what was popular at the time and going into the 90s, and that's what's happening again now. Which, for the most part, I'm not upset about if it was original content. Like, the... Black Christmas remake I've not seen it in years but I don't remember having a problem with it I remember watching it and thinking eh that's that's a remake whatever it just doesn't have anything I mean plot wise it's just not a very good remake of Black Christmas but it's an okay dopey horror film I'm okay with that but this nothing to have gripes against it doesn't even look like really a horror film it just looks like some weird thing about a sorority fighting a weird cult Illuminati slasher like I don't know what the fuck does this have to do with Black Christmas what's wild is I stopped watching the trailer because I got bored so I must have missed a lot of shit well I mean is is Carrie always character going to be named Billy is that where we're going I mean again it's just a trailer but from what I guess I can IMDB this also but we'll leave it up to the audience it looks ridiculous it looks like it's a like a remake of a mid 2000s movie like you know just a with the WB cast and, and all that shit. It just, it just looks bland. It looks like the most bland horror film ever made. They can't even like make an interesting mask for their killer. Black mask. Great. That's exciting. That's, That's really like the- visually interesting. Scream television show didn't even really put a spin on the original. It just turned it into a very bland, weird, melted shape that somewhat was the ghost face. And even Scream itself was a moderately bland design for a killer, but it still worked. It became its own franchise. I've even noticed that the Dollar General lately, they have franchised with this logo, TM, Scream Masks. So, I mean, it's cultural. Yeah, it's sold forever. You'll always be able to find it now. It's like Freddy Krueger. Like you brought up that it's like you know they're remaking like late '80s slasher films, and it feels more to me like we're having fond remembrances because all the kids who were little kids have grown up now and they're in their late 20s and early 30s who grew up with Scream from when they were little kids and that's what they're fascinated by is the kind of bland my stupid fucking like Valentine and Urban Legend and all that shit yeah it's my stupid generation that I'll, I'll say I'm not a part of if you can angrily and staunchly say Donald Trump's not your president then I can say you're not my generation you guys suck and well, it's, it's like, just, I, well, I remember when these movies came out, and I remember at the same time discovering and finding things like The Beyond and Valentine. So Valentine's my offering to go to theaters. You can see why I didn't want to buy into things, that when you ventured into exploitation or horror even mildly, you get into something like Suspiria, and you watch the remake, and you go back and you find the Italian movie, you start getting into more concepts and different things than just slasher movies, and you grow tired of what you're seeing coming out in theaters. Like, I have nothing against Crawl. It looks somewhat fun. 
fun. I like watching alligators eat people, but at the same time, it looks just like dumb commercial shit, even though it's supposedly zero budget, which I don't know how. I think, like, where Blumhouse is tripping up, and Blumhouse has had some really good releases over the years. I mean, you have stuff like Get Out, and you have Us, and you have some things that break away. I, I like Blumhouse generally. I mean, they really, it, it, you know, back in the day, people used to cringe when they saw Lionsgate, but I would always kind of take it as, oh, well, somebody's head's going to get cut off. This is going to be kind of neat. And Blumhouse is almost like a plus up for that, that it's going to be, somebody's head's going to get cut off, well, but classier. it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good films. But I'm having with Blumhouse is they become very Disney-fied, and when I say that, I mean, like, they're making movies that are just bland, because they want to, like, well, they, they bought in happen, happy, and it's just like, this just looks bland, guys. There's nothing interesting about this. The problem with filmmaking, modern filmmaking, anyway, is when you did have stuff in the 80s and even into the 90s, you had weirdos being involved in the film industry and you had weirdos doing weird things occasionally and like well, I don't have the out, hmm? you're, you're leaving out the video market too I mean you had people oh, yeah. that specifically were making a product that they were slinging to sell and making it as bizarre as possible for a bizarre audience knowing they could cash in on it and now with no video market you you have There's to no buy market. in when you but you have to buy in when you can. You know people want to on Friday and Saturday nights watch spooky movies, so you pump out as many spooky movies for September and October that your company can because that's what the market is, the streaming weekend, Netflix and chill sort of thing. It's nobody going and walking the video store and getting two or three picks because the art's really cool, the movie sounds ultra gory. You know, that Roger Corman era, just it, it's such a bizarre market now that you have to... I hate say, it's. I don't like to say people like Blumhouse sold out because I enjoy them, but you have to buy into the watering down. I think you know you have to just put out some shit and then. Well, they're just not leaving any room for creativity because when you had like the ghost thing after paranormal activity, the the paranormal, the the big ghost boom of the aughts. Yeah, the the demonic stuff. That's all what was popular the last ten years or so, and so they turned out like you know and some hundreds of, of movies that were just big open mouths, black eyed demon creatures with not much effects and a lot of CG because it's oh, man. easy and fast and it's what people want. So uh, now we're I even have a good example. Like my original pick for the show is a movie called Bedeviled about a Siri type app that kills you when you use it and it makes I this big that. open it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I was so bad I wanted to pass it up because I didn't know if I could talk about it for more than three minutes. But um you know that's what is generally popular because two a lot of the market audience is like seventeen 23 so you gotta like take into consideration when you're in your 30s it's like well fuck fuck these 17 year olds i want to watch some artistic you know i want to go back and watch possession because my heart's been broken or whatever you know there's different reasons for why i think what's popular is popular and it's just the audience uh, the niche audience for like joe bob brig fans and uh extreme horror gore 80s horror it's just not that big so you have your little markets like shutter and i think bloody disgusting is getting ready to do a streaming network but you have these little holes pretty much to go find and like we do with youtube really score the bottom of the barrel to find picks and stuff because we're the niche people 
But I mean, it's just, it, when there was a bigger market, there were more niches to fill and people were trying different things just to get their name out there. And now we're not trying anything. We're just kind of reappropriating the same plots, the same concepts over and over again, because we know that that's going to sell to Netflix and we'll make our money back. And so it's just overall, it's, everything is just kind of bland kind of like all the disney stuff is kind of bland you know what i'm hoping for nothing crazy happening anymore in film unless you're a true independent every 10 years or so john leguizamo has a revival like if you look he was very popular in the early 90s he's very popular in the late 90s early 2000s he somewhat became popular again in 2010 or so. He's due a time for a comeback, and I thoroughly enjoy uh, Johnny Lasagna. And I really want him to make a like triumphant new big comeback and just steal our hearts again. I don't know how you feel about The Pest, but I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Why are you talking about John Leguizamo? Where did that come from? That came out of fucking nowhere. I was thinking about trends in filmmaking, and it made me realize that somewhat like a cicada, John Leguizamo goes dormant for about a decade at a time, and then he comes forth and surprises us pleasantly with two or three okay movies. Last time, I mean, he did that uh, Romero movie that wasn't that good, but uh, Dennis Hopper was in it, so I'll give it a star. (laughs) (laughs) Star and a half. Uh, You're wrong about that, but... Well, oh, what, you get the, three stars? The film we're discussing. I would probably go about three. Yeah, it is. It's Land of the Dead. Three and a half to four, even. I mean, because you got to give it a lot of points for being Ramiro and his first non-Pittsburgh movie. There's a lot of good in that movie. It's just, it's just there's not good. Bad but, in it, too. Yeah, there's more bad than good, though. Half the good shit was in the trailer that never even made it into the movie. And then you bought the director's cut and still some of the stuff you wanted to see wasn't even fucking in that. Just, I don't know. It was a mess. Why is Tom Savini's character still in the same jacket? What's going on here? Is that Blade? Because it's like a year after uh, Dawn of the Dead or a couple years after Dawn of the Dead. That's... Oh, I didn't know that. 20 years. I thought it was 20 years into the timeline. No, no, no. That's not how, like... This George Romero zombie stuff, like, Night of the Living Dead is the night of... Did you see my segue? Yeah, we were getting there. I know. I was, uh, huh. Dawn of the Dead is, like, three weeks in, and Day of the Dead is probably, like, a couple of years in, and then Land of the Dead is probably, like, ten years in. What your problem is tonight is defending your position, Hank, because we have set up a blood sport. Yes, where's the theme? Like, you know, like Van Damme screaming as he kicks the guy or punches the guy in the nuts. Yes, so we're going to argue. I guess we have to reintroduce what Cinema Bloodsport is because this is the first time we've done it on the new Death by DVD. Or Death by DVD, the reboot is what I decided. We're not going to call it the new Death by DVD anymore. This is the reboot. And uh, we got a whole new cast. Which is technically the exact same show with less jokes. Yeah. It's pretty much, but it's a reboot. It's, it's, ah, sound effect, sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. It's good. I, no, I don't know. I don't know. Your sound effects sound a lot like you just saying the word sound effect. Well, this, uh, in post, we're going to oh, post the sound effects. We have so post gonna, on the show There's going to be a post, yeah. Huh? All right. Well, we got rid of, we had a sound guy named Raphael, and he left over, um. It was Raul. Raul. Yeah. Was it? Yeah, well, whatever. He was from Scotland, and we, he didn't like me at all. He's very religious and... Probably could, couldn't keep his name straight. <laughs> it's not my problem, our name. I mean, just make it easy, like Ricardo or, you know, Ramirez. I'd remember that. But Cinema Blood Sport is a debate-style podcast of where we try to influence the audience into our position, and our positions 
can be different because we on the old show did what was the best heavy metal horror film that there was in the 80s that's a horrible one to reference that was an awful show if you listen to the live death by dvd and you've been a fan for a while you've heard some very erratic and bizarre cinema blood sports that were more comical than anything else and uh, continue to be erratic trust me yeah i mean I, i think we have an idea of composure for tonight but it will quickly become unthreaded like everything else always it always does and you're gonna start yeah. making really dumbass points that i'm gonna have to yell at you about because you don't even then, this. you're just making this up you'll completely change what the argument will be about like halfway <laughs> through like no, no 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 i meant that it's gonna be completely about like which movie had the best you know machete kills <laughs> and just that one. is i've never done that you've just never understood what the topic was before we started because we've never discussed it more than five minutes before we went live so it was always <laughs> kind of and that's what made i think cinema blood sport such a fun segment because i would spend a week two weeks focused on like so this is going to be the best movie because of blah 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 and we would get live and announce the show and what we were doing and you know you would drop like no this is the best heavy metal horror movie and i you know i had a dissertation prepared and i had to go with it so i did any way i could which might include claiming that you know, some movies are about uh, anti-metal demons being conquered <laughs> by metal angels. Whatever. Uh, uh, well, we did the uh, the Stallone Schwarzenegger one, which was just a complete shit show. Um, one I honestly believe in that um, I'll go ahead and do a new Death by DVD classic coming soon after you listen to this episode next week, Death by DVD classic, Cinema Bloodsport, the Jason episode, which that one uh, I think was our first time practicing because we did completely lost, unfortunately, or I would include it. We did about, what, two hours or so of a debate, and it was because the audio was lost. It wasn't recorded, and we came back the next day, did it live all over again. This was one of our last live shows, if I'm correct. Came back, did it all over again, and we, you know, I was kind of proud of it. I think it was a, a really coherent two-hour fight about which fucking Jason movie is the best. Yeah, and overall, I definitely won that one. Um, By no means really necessary. argument. That's, that's absolutely ridiculous. You you presented an all-right argument. I'll give you points that it was composed and, and, and dainty. But I wouldn't use composed. The yelling is not composed. Well, I am no Dylan Tanty, sir. A filigree <laughs> fancy beats the plastic you. Tonight's cinema blood sport is what is the better zombie film? And when I say that, Hank, we're going on best zombie Don't say it to me. Film. Say it to the audience. <laughs> you tell the audience. I understand. I was briefed by the management before the show. They told me not to look you in the eyes, and it was what is the best zombie film. I understand. The, well, it, to say that, it mostly means that it's not the best film. It's not the best... Production uh, doesn't matter. Production, no. It, it's what it encompasses the most feel and vibe of the zombie film. And I have chosen... And I am, I will already say, I am arguing on the down end of this. I'm, I'm behind the eight ball because my choice is an asylum film. It's a, uh, what was it, 2011 film, I believe, or 13? 13. Um, directed by John Gulliger, a movie called Zombie Night. I know, very eventful title. 
And I will already cop it to Hank that his film already has a better title than my film because my title sucks. Zombie Night is a terrible title, and Hank has chosen uh, Night Eats the World. The Night Eats the World, is that the name of it? I do not speak French, so I'm going to butcher this, and I hope someone that does speak French can um, correct me sometime. Le Nuit et Devour Le Monde. That's the official title if you want to look this movie up. The Night Eats the World from 2018 by Dominique Rocher. Yeah, and I will already say that Hank's film overall, I will give it to him. I am already saying... It sounds like uh, a jello, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, it's got a it's got a nice title. The production value is way better, and the film overall, I think, is a better overall general movie. Yeah, so when all I found those things going to Hank's favor. When I found this movie, I instantly went, "That sounds like a giallo." It's from 2018, so it's definitely not in English. And I went and hit play. I didn't bother reading what it was about, and uh, I, I just kind of went into this adventure. And I think that's really a good way to describe this movie. It's certainly an adventure and a journey of survival. But the title alone was just very enticing. And not that this should be a part of our argument, but just a name for a movie. I hate giving fucking Tarantino credit. He can name movies. Reservoir Dogs has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever and that is kind of what brought people into it so the night eats the world versus zombie night i think though just surfing if i had no awareness of this movie or we weren't doing this zombie night just sounds fun it does have like a i'm gonna click this at least read what it's about your cast is a pull-in you've got a good cast in your movie that at least makes me think i don't know i wouldn't consider them a good cast (laughs) why i consider it a good cast is it's so eclectic and bizarre that just reading that synopsis, I'd go, fuck it, I'm gonna watch this because I kind of want to see what's going on here. This is... Why are, are, they, are they up for money? What are they, what's wrong with Daryl Hannah? I mean, Jesus. The impetus of this show was I caught this movie a long time ago on my channel. Before we started doing... God, I guess we gotta tell the audience a deep, dark secret. Before we started pre-recording episodes, uh, you had been suggesting this back in the old live days that we do this zombie one and I just haven't I'll be honest with you I don't like cinema blood sport but I'm gonna I'm gonna like this one I promise I'm gonna be on my best behavior well like the reason I wanted to try to defend this movie in a debate style setting is it is an asylum movie first of all which is just a terrible sign to start out and I screwed the pooch with my pick no, you didn't screw anything up. It just it makes it makes it uh, like a, it's a harder fight for me. I I just told Hank he can't pick like original Romero classic zombie films because there's no way I'm ever going to. Well, yeah, the original. I have no chance arguing yeah, that. You know, the original idea was to have two movies from the same caliber. So I went into this looking for movies on an asylum caliber, and I'm not saying that because like an incomplete or a poorly made caliber. I've chosen Diary of the Dead. I've been fine with that. Yeah, I mean, I was just trying. to to open the court a little bit and once I discovered The Night Eats the World I just kind of got so into it if we didn't do it on this episode we were going to do it on the next one it's just where I got into what I wanted to do because it's just it's something we need to argue about because if we don't argue it against another movie there's just we'll get into it later but there's a lot of weirdness between both of these movies of character flaws maybe we could say oh yeah well like 
basically, Zombie Night is a better movie than it has any right of being because it is an asylum picture. It does star Anthony Michael Hall, Shirley Jones, Daryl Hannah, and Ferris Bueller. So, I mean, the star power is just... It's overwhelming how much star power is in this film, and they're all really not giving too much of a shit. Well, Cameron's wife is somebody. I don't remember from what, though. I've seen her in something. I don't remember. We're going to find out. (laughs) Um, Well, Hank used the Google machine. But overall, I watch this movie. I actually just have a magic eight ball that I shake up and ask, and sometimes it tells me yes, sometimes it tells me her name is Jennifer Taylor. And while magic eight ball loads, we'll eventually find out what other movie she's been in. Is that believable? Waiting. Waiting. Maybe. Oh, she's in Two and a Half Men. Yeah, she's one of the chicks Charlie Sheen fucks in Two and a Half Men. That's what Who I know her from. Who cares? I thought she was in something moderately okay, but it turns out she's just someone Charlie Sheen had sex with on TV. Sorry, we wasted everyone's time here. I, oh, I wasted it. This whole episode's going to be a waste of people's time. Yeah, it's all right. They're used to it. To start things out, I will just say that Zombie Night, overall, atmosphere-wise, tone-wise, concept-wise, story-wise, is wholeheartedly a movie that was directed by a zombie fan, someone who understand understood the like what made the Romero zombie film so special when he created the genre in the first place. And I didn't know who directed it until later I looked it up and I found it was John Gulliger, the man who directed uh, the Feast trilogy, Clue Gulliger's son, uh, who I think is a fairly interesting director. And at least I know he is a fan because he was able to take a crappy asylum movie and make it interesting and make an interesting zombie film out of it. I think he's a guy that has an apartment in Malibu and he needed to pay it. You know, and I maybe don't care why he did it, but he did a good job while he did it. But just for director for hire, he still did a good job making the film. Yeah, I don't think there's a big like I'm a diehard zombie fan angle behind 61 year old John Gulliger who went in and directed this movie. Like it very well could be, and there's a lot of influence and there's a lot of homages that I'll give this movie. There's like a neat scene I don't where think characters he's scared to make a zombie film. That's not my point. My point is, even though he got hired to do this, he was able to do it expertly and take something that required no money since he had no budget and expertly is a stretch. interesting zombie film out of it he did okay it's it's not bad there's a lot of goofs in the movie that I think are overtly visible and can't be passed up like there's a scene where a character falls from a, a glass fucking greenhouse that they decided to take cover in and you can see she looks almost pregnant because all the effects are under her stomach for when she falls and is eaten by the zombies I mean those yeah. are goofs that's, that's a little that has nothing to do with zombie films don't care no, but that is calling somebody a flawless director, you know. I didn't say he was flawless. What I said was he took something where he didn't have a good budget or a lot of time and made something. But you were slobbing his nub. Yeah, he's a decent director, especially he's all right. Director. The guy that did Feast is all right. I'm not going to say he's great or good. I mean, he did Feast. He's all right. I like his dad. His brother's pretty hip. His mom was cool. She's in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3. <laughs> Leatherface. Yeah, my movie's just better. I guess that's my argument. Um, 
<laughs> I forgot that. Got. Yeah, I forgot that it's gonna come back to me. Yeah, well, you have to defend. All right, so let's go back to like what makes a zombie movie, and you know, there's not like you go back to Scream that there are all these rules for what's a slasher movie and things you can't do. To an extent, there are a lot of rules or regulations that you have with zombie movies. Um, like purists are always gonna argue and say zombies don't run, zombies don't eat animals, and they don't eat brains. So in my movie, we have they don't eat animals, but they do run. It's an interesting take on what makes zombies, but the big thing for me is when you're watching a zombie movie, you as an audience member, you feel almost, you know, the fear of getting up and locking your door, just not xenophobia, but just the fear of uh, agora. You get this agoraphobic tension that washes over you and you want to turn on the lights because it's that creeping essence. And I think something that's really present with The Night Eats the World is the movie starts off with a very big bustle and then moves into this dead, silent, almost ballet of terror and slowly progresses into someone losing their mind as they survive in a very unique apocalypse. It's somewhat like The Last Man on Earth or 20 days later I compare it more to the 28 days later or Omega Man whatever you want to call it uh, that it's this person's quest for survival, but they've closed themselves off. And if you've read the original book, it's somebody that slowly goes crazy and starts drinking and loses their mind until they have to break away from their rituals and naughty behavior and thinking about raping weird vampire chicks. It looks a little uncomfortable. This character is not so uh, rapey, I guess we could say, but he loses his mind, and you get the same agoraphobic tension, like for saying Night of the Living Dead. Somebody trapped inside these four walls entirely hell-bent on survival to the extent that they will end up harming themselves and that's what happens in Night of the Living Dead because Ben was wrong the whole time the basement actually might have saved them a chance but that's not the point of the movie it, it wasn't what the whole argument was about and in this same essence it's not that he was right or wrong it's the choices that he makes or you would make what I also find unique is uh, it seems like for once we have an original character that isn't a hero he does very intelligent things but he does very ignorant things so you can lose yourself and not get instantly attached to a character in zombie night it's not you can really relate to anyone but the characters are just so atypical i mean like pancakes anthony michael hall i'm gonna call him pancakes for the rest of the show pancakes just instantly is like fucking gi joe out of nowhere daryl hannah uh, she's all right. i guess she's just the typical screaming mom character but out of anything i i just kind of lost interest with all of a sudden anthony michael hall can do everything like pancakes is the greatest he's, he's macgyver he's flawed he's, he's not doing like crazy shit he's just i heard flawed. action and I knew that's where my birdie was going to be. Yeah, and their kids think it's fucking birdie. Or it's birdie. No, that's Daryl Hannah's. Yeah, he calls her birdie. Yeah, birdie. Um, and what I will say about Hank's pick um, is in no way does it have to be like a zombie film. And it has almost nothing to do with zombies. Says the guy whose movie specifically pins on the zombies stop zombieing when the sun comes up. Yours could be werewolves, vampires, ghouls, goblins. It could be psycho mass killers. It could be a fucking... Uh, God damn it. What's that one where the purge? It's going to be a purge movie. What's that one where the purge? I'm so... But no, 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 no. It's inherently zombie because you have... 
the idea of having to kill your loved ones. That is a big part of Zombie Night, of these people not wanting to hurt their loved ones even when they've turned to zombies. And your film is about isolation. The zombies are almost incidental. It could almost be a flood. It could almost be you're just the last man on Earth. It doesn't particularly matter what the thing that upset the apple cart is in this film. It's just he's stuck by well, himself I mean, in an apocalypse. You bringing and, up something like a flood, it couldn't easily fit into that mold because, you know, you could even have something like uh, The Reef where they just are swimming. I mean, The Reef is an entire movie of people swimming and a shark starts picking them off. That's a completely di different atmosphere than what we have here. You've got a lot of anxiety and tension, but the agoraphobia isn't a point. He's completely trapped because of the menace outside. I mean, even if it's a fire... Any it'll, menace. Yeah, any but menace. A, a fire could burn out. There are plenty of ways to write around it. I think the entire point here is the zombies, is his loneliness and him realizing how dead he is inside being trapped there just like them outside. That it being anything else would have lost a lot of the emotion behind him losing his mind. If he could have just swam away or walked out or died in any other fashion that wouldn't it's have been being violent. Trapped. It's about being trapped, but he That's has to face about. but he has to face how violent and negative that death would be in becoming so empty minded in one of them and his thought throughout the movie progressing that he doesn't want to be like his friend that he traps in the elevator. I I, I, I guess we should have to say at this point spoilers. I'm sorry guys that we didn't say it beforehand. It's <laughs> yeah, know these movies by now. We'll make sure in the write-up when this episode comes out that there's something about it being a debate. We're discussing these that you should see beforehand to fully understand what's going on. But this character finds a zombie and the elevator of his building that he has taken over after being the last man left alive in it, and slowly humanizes it and finds relation into it. And I don't think without that specific character without that piece of the movie it would have had the same reflection of you being able to keep focus on his mind and his mentality as he becomes more at home and more used to it it couldn't have just been a flood because that's an integral part of his psyche and then his fear of people breaking in which again becomes another big part of the movie and I'll admit some flaws with that when we get to it but all of those things don't really have to have anything to do with the zombies and zombie night is fully about zombies and what happens in a zombie zombie apocalypse. Yours is this modern take on zombies, which... I mean, yours could have been a vampire apocalypse. It could have been, you know, anything. We could have a vampire werewolf apocalypse. That's ridiculous. Why would that happen? Why are there only coming out at night zombies that completely disappear? Like, I get that the ending builds on that with one clever quote. And again, I, I just want to, like, state... It's not like we hate either of these movies. I, I guess I didn't say it beforehand. I enjoyed Zombie Night. I, I really didn't think it's, like, a flawed, shitty bad movie and especially you see judging it I told you the story beforehand I started the movie and saw by the asylum and just like shit eating frown like no this motherfucker we I cannot find something to I there's no way we can do this and I bit my tongue and watched the movie and, and got through it it's not a bad movie by no means so I don't want to like absolutely shit all over it but it could have been anything I mean really it could have been a, a cheap werewolf apocalypse movie I mean there's Sharknado it could have fit into any oh I don't think so at all because I get the survival are, piece I get where you're coming from inherently about survival about looking for safe haven about encountering other people that 
It's going to start some turbulent fights, all these things. And when you're left with a lone man stuck in an apartment building, that could be almost anything. Even if it was just like disease outside that killed almost everybody and they just fell dead, it's still basically saying that he's, for some reason, he is trapped. All those same things. This is my point. All those same things are featured in the 90s, the world, though. It just mostly is against him. He becomes his own worst enemy and all the equivocal characters from Not a Living Dead, the catatonic girl, the angry man in the basement, the I'm going to do everything I want to say hero. He takes every mold and every character as you watch. And I, it really is interesting about a zombie film, though, is encountering all those characters and not all just so. But yours are so faceless ideas. You have the hero. Yes, that's what a zombie film is. But you'd want to have something that has a soul and a purpose. You just don't want to have sheer entertainment. And that's just you have Michael, not Michael C. Hall. You've got Anthony C. Hall just blazing around, saving the day until it's uh, an argument between people at a front door and then a family falling apart. And then it just boils down into almost a diehard-esque shoot-em-up and the movie ends with swords. There's a sword killing. There's lots of sword killing, but okay. When Daryl Hannah's trapped in her house and Anthony Michael Hall's trying to make it back, her mother's freaking out. They're going to the basement. Her neighbor breaks in. She's worried just as much as your Norwegian guy about people breaking in, about the chaos going on outside, and no one ever feels safe. At any point did I feel that he did not feel safe. He felt very safe. And well, that's a problem is how safe he felt, and I think that brings up the whole argument with Night of the Living Dead. It's fine for a film, but it's not fine for a zombie film because a zombie film is never feeling safe. But that's taking into consideration what the Coopers wanted to do in Night of the Living Dead of let's go in the basement and be safe. So this is the what if. This is the wasting time and you get to see the negative aspects, which I don't think is often portrayed. You constantly see survival and people fighting zombies and getting through things. And in here you get a display of somewhat genius and he does a lot of agreeable things. But in the long run, it's absolutely ignorant. This character stays in the same place for an entire season change and it's nice it's safe but the whole world has come to an absolute end and agoraphobia has set in to the extent that now you see the other side of what night of the living dead or a general zombie movie could be like somewhat like day of the dead which are people trapped inside one place trying their darndest to get out as to where this character doesn't seem to have a decent attempt to want to leave he just wants to be content it's a story of emptiness but at the same time that's all everyone is like night of the living dead barbara's empty she goes fucking catatonic well in zombie night what you have is atmosphere and it's full of zombie atmosphere and night the world has almost no zombie atmosphere i didn't it, it has that modern zombie atmosphere of these films that are what would you do in a zombie apocalypse are you gonna gather water How you, yeah you should probably do this i'm like not interested but in you've got flaws this doesn't the have that 22 days of survival and that's uninteresting to me well you, that's interesting what makes how this... you react and the human component to the zombie apocalypse and how these humans interact one guy is not interacting with anyone I mean, you've got this giant connection to Night of the Living Dead and something that, you know, like Night of the Living Dead is based on with The Last Man on Earth. The loneliness, just the absolute sheer terror of all these people coming together to where he's gone absolutely insane, and then when he finally meets somebody, what happens? It's the exact same fear displayed of Cooper trying to shoot Ben in the back. 
I mean, yeah, I think but, it's the exact I mean, same mold. It's just it's trying to take on his end. He didn't like in a zombie film. You always have the character who basically flips their shit and didn't trust no one. And he felt like he didn't trust anyone. But at the end of the day, he shoots her and he tries to revive her. I don't know what I did. I don't know why I did that. And that is not in keeping with the zombie theme. And I well, he does. He knows why he did that. That's why he has this whole entire montage of him as uh, imagining what it could have been like if he hadn't accidentally killed her and she had survived. That sounds weird plot-wise in the movie. That's where... Yeah, I didn't it, understand why it went that direction. I'll definitely it, give you that it. because there's just not a point in trying to make up an argument here. This was based on a novel, and I've not read it, nor have I done a lot of research on the novel because that's just going to flood our argument with. But in the book, and we don't need that for a movie-based thing, I'm assuming it's something like Spider, that it's more of a first-person inner monologue story and that somehow with a film translation. I have no, I have no knowledge of what I'm talking about, just re- re-referencing that. I'm assuming it's this way, and it makes more sense. But as a flashback in a movie, and I've said on several past episodes, not a big fan of flashbacks, despite loving fucking movies that are all about flashbacks or have narration. Um, it's weird. I'm, I'm a flip-flopping son of a bitch, what can I say? <laughs> it, it's just a whole like at the, you know you've already given me some points I can't defend it it's just a kind of a okay so because it's not like it's a brief scene where he has this flashback of well, or not a flashback a flash forward of what it could be if she was still alive it's like a 25 30 minute part of oh this character's and then you finally find out oh she's dead she died oh. He shot her and she died. He didn't save her. And it was just like, okay, so he's going crazy and he's imagining, whatever. That's Which they slowly and subtly show and I think is trying to develop all of these masked characters because when the movie starts, uh, the character progressively changes his hair and his beard and his image and, of course, he loses weight as the apocalypse rages forward. But it's a multiple cast through one person that he's a completely different person when he walks into the movie toward the middle. I mean, you've got this one segment where he finally becomes comfortable with the zombie trapped in the elevator and he's jogging and he stops and shakes hands with it and introduces himself and it's him losing humanity but at the same time gaining a composure to who he is realizing that there's no hope that this person up until an extent has succumbed to completely dying and locking themselves in the basement until that inner Ben quote unquote comes forward and breaks out that we got to do something but it's already a bit too late because of their behavior so I think everything displayed in zombie night is almost displayed in this movie because you have you know the movie starts with Anthony Michael Hall and his daughter and her friend driving and she gets a text from her boyfriend saying you got to come to my dad's panic room something's happening they're in they turn around, drive through a cemetery, and it's a zombie outbreak. Anthony Michael Hall, right off the bat, is like, G.I. Joe knows what he's doing. The movie then splits into a very similar aspect, but it's multiple characters, that it's these people raging against each other and what they should do. Uh, we need so to hide. But, yeah, that's, but you're just saying it's what a zombie film is, but it's the, they're the same what movies, almost. I agree. Yes, but, they're zombie films. But so is, yeah, so both of them, that you just admitted something you're arguing against me, though by saying that Night Eats the World is almost the same as Zombie Night because they have the exact same tenacity but the characters are separated. My movie, The Night Eats the World, is all of this display of personality through one person. But all of these characters 
characters, there's still the exact same emotions shown through Cameron, Pancakes, uh, Tree Lady, the giant Tree Lady, Daryl Hannah, the giant Tree Lady. That's such an obscure reference. Um, Yeah, don't understand what you mean. Well, she was Attack of the 50-Foot Woman, and then a couple years ago, she climbed this tree and, like, chained herself to it because they were going to cut it down, and she was protesting. Is is, is she Daryl Young now, or is she Daryl Hannah? She's Daryl Hannah still. Uh, but she married Neil Young. What a hell I will of a agree guess. with you because what you phrased was. Yes, yeah, so I win the argument. There and, we go. Woo! I don't know. I agree with one aspect of your argument, but it also deflates your argument. You said it was the other side of the coin of what a zombie apocalypse could be, which is antithetical to what a zombie film is. It's just a different take on a zombie idea, and it does not. Like have all the elements of what but a classic zombie film has. Night, so it's taking the classic and turning it more modern, which I am less interested in personally of a more modern take on the zombie mythos. Because this is same just idea. same zombie mythos as always, which I'm fine with because it's done well. But you're instantly introduced with this whole aspect that no, the zombies only come out at night. And you don't get that till like 45 minutes into the movie. So you're reintroducing this whole, well, we got to end this somehow. We don't have an ending. So you've done nothing with Zombie Night but taken the same old story that everybody else does and then added something different, yes. which is what your argument against the Night of the World is. So both of these movies have the same point against them because uh, structurally, they're the same movie. I don't think they are structurally the same movie because yours is about long-term effects of loneliness, and this one is about the fight for survival. Everyone dies in your movie long-term, I mean, because if they all go to sleep during the day, the zombies, your characters hardly fucking survive, so they're all going to die. It's just a hopeless, nihilistic story of Pancake's man got this whole kid's family killed after they were safe. They were safe, and then... They're gonna die tomorrow. Well, they he, were not safe. He locked the maid up and doomed them. He fucked well, everything there, up. In the safe room, but yeah, no, that's a big... I mean, your movie has a lot of backstabbing and dramatics. That, Zombie stuff. Well, you take that on Living Dead, it's got a lot of backstabbing and dramatics, but most of the movie is people arguing, not necessarily backstabbing. When the drama happens, it's because Tom and Judy got set on fire because they shot the fucking gas tank. That's not Harry Cooper's fault or Ben's fault being pig-headed and again with the night eats the world most of the guy's problems are because of his own ignorance so him arguing betwixt himself as these different characters is the same as the standoff uh, outside of Cameron's house with uh, Daryl Hannah and Pancakes where they're saying let me in let me in and you know obviously he's not gonna let them in and they end up having to run that's uh shooting through the door and ending up shooting and hurting the only person that can save your life I mean we've I left out the comparison big, in that I just don't we've even got the the whole cat scene is the same as going out and searching for survivors or like the Tom and Judy scene from Night of the Living Dead and the Night Eats the World him striving to have some form of companionship to the fact that it almost dooms him and ends in his death well, see, I, the problem I have with Nights the World is we get long scenes of him 
and how he's going to handle these things. How is he going to batten down this apartment? And it becomes an exercise in how do you survive? And how are you going to ration out your food? But isn't that Night of the Living Dead? I mean, no. It's not survival? It's not the most important thing? Not the, not the specifics of survival. It's, it's like most modern zombie films of, well, I bet that there's going to be guys out there just creating rape and doing stuff like that, and then there's going to be people who... Did you, know, you say guys there. out there creating rape? Guys creating rape. Because in a lot of modern zombie films... I just like that word. always scenes, it seems, of people, like, of dudes going out... And General mistress. Bad people. Yeah, going out and, like, bikers. Yes, raping people, raping zombies, and all this, because that's what it would probably be like. And I'm just going to go out there with a sword and start chopping heads off. Oh, really? You're going to chop your mother's head off? We have none of that. Like, he... In the 90s, the world, he views his girlfriend as a zombie and immediately just his ex-girlfriend and just goes, oh, Jesus, she's a zombie, and just done. He's done with her. Well, which he was great. He has no fucking breakdown. He doesn't like view her as human anymore. He's not dealing with that emotion, and you have all of that. Uh, I, I saw Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead 2, and it was very frightening when I saw it 20 years before this. This was just a brief, like, we're already established that these are just mindless creatures. It's the exact same thing in the movies. I mean, there's no training or talking to them. Which is less interesting. Well, no, they're the same zombies, just mine don't make noise. It's not that you just don't make noise. That's not the point. My point is the zombies are us. We're them and they're us. And that, that's that half the point life. of the Night Eats the World, though. No. Learning the zombies. Learning that he's dead, just like they are, because he's stuck. But he learns with the zombie in the elevator that he eventually lets back into his room that that's what they are. They're us and we're them. That there's nothing you can do about this. That you can either survive or live in this apartment or finally uh, lose your mind and shoot yourself or escape and get out. That he's surviving the same way they are. It's just in a different format. That you're watching it in a long-term example of what happens yes but the long term example does not go anywhere it goes somewhere character for him but it doesn't go anywhere with anyone else it doesn't really explore what else is going on in other places it's just the isolation and my point of it being it doesn't have to be a zombie apocalypse this could just be about a guy with agoraphobia who doesn't want to leave the house no matter what's going on outside and honestly that would probably have been a more interesting ending The sun to shine early. I'm waking up just right. Cracking a box of Cheerios and my day will go just fine. Cause all I want to do is baby get drunk at 9 a.m. Pretend I'm not home with you. Sudden immediate death. Nursing pregnant or moderately healthy. Anyone, any age, anyone, everywhere. Please avoid consumption of burials. For God's sake, please don't consume burials. Burials. 88.8% alcohol. Burials. A death by DVD product. Burials. Brand in 54 states. You've been listening to Death by DVD. Oh! <laughs>
And my point is with the 90s, the world, that the zombies are almost incidental. And with Zombie Night, the zombies are the star. It's a typical zombie film. I think it's the arguing people that's the star of your movie. I mean, you could take the zombies out and it could be a bunch of people trapped after an earthquake. So your argument, I could do the same with. I mean, it, it could be really. What's that Tommy Lee Jones earthquake movie where the... Volcano. There and, is no Tommy Lee Jones earthquake movie. Volcano. It's well, the earth shakes and they do shaky camera. It's a natural disaster. Still, it could be a volcano and this is going to happen. Your movie is just I these two families. Because you had the element of a family member dying and coming Lava. back as a zombie making your choice. Of Lava monster. What, okay, what, that's true. There's no lava monster. <laughs> but, um... Like the panic room. The panic room could have easily solved everything, but everybody's bickering too much for the panic room to work, and it kills a lot of people. And in it's not so much that everyone's bickering; world, it's the one character. It's the dad is incredibly stubborn and is reneging on something that he told his son. So he's going against his own honor, which is that's not an integral part of zombie movies. Who's somebody going against their own honor? I mean, what's the point there? You have bastards betraying people. Like Harry Cooper makes no promises. That's, he sh- that's he part shoots of the fucking zombie film, though. He backstabs Ben and closes the door. But he didn't him. make any promises. He was trying to fucking fuck him over, and this character and the night eats the world is doing that to himself it's all of these same Which characters it's synthetical to zombie films though that's my point but it, it might be a more be interesting one... concept for a zombie film but it's not well, a classic zombie film with zombie film ideas I oddly atmosphere to... I only want to make it clear that I don't think it's a more clever concept because I think both movies are pretty fair at each other's throats but by no means do I think any neither are better than the other and one obviously if you want to be petty with arguments which we've already cleared we wouldn't do yeah mine is much more well produced it has a bigger budget it's got better effects it's got better soundtrack that plays absolutely nothing into what makes a zombie movie though that and and to some extent yeah your sound editing like both of these movies though I think are very fair with uh, creepy you know mine is a quiet movie and mine creeps on again using the the term obsession with fucking audio tapes in the movie why was it that's what he came to pick up I understand, but he also like got those from the Norwegian kid. He found his audio tapes. Why is there not like MP3 players or whatever, or, like fucking iPods or your phone? Or- oh, th- those were his audio tapes. Those I were- understand those are his audio tapes. Why yeah. is your recording on audio? Is why is this not taking place in 2018? But it is. Why are we using those? Were from tapes? his childhood. I, th- I did not pick that up at all. There were the little kids singing and playing, and then throughout the movie, he would make music and play on things like he did when he was a child, and that's what he came to the party trying to get from his ex-girlfriend, I'm assuming, was his tapes. So I'm assuming because she said, I picked these up in our move and I accidentally got them. I, I did it when I was a kid. You know, you found a tape, you threw it in, you'd sing, hey, mom, whatever, air guitar, and that he was an eclectic child because throughout the movie, as he's delving into being lonely, he makes music off, you know, plates, empty cups, uh, a top, just tries to entertain himself with something as he did when he was a child, and that was sort of I a flashback. That, that was where he, like, I thought he got more tapes from a kid. I assume in that the building. Because that's what he wanted when he came, that it was his tapes. So I assume 
assume that they were tapes from his childhood, which again, the book might, I didn't even bother reading. And I'll admit this because I didn't want to overload with the Wikipedia said this or the book said this. I didn't go into any deep synopsis or IMDb facts. I watched the movie and then I watched your movie. So there could be a lot that I'm missing, but what I assumed was that he was listening. That's why he was so, that's why he came to the party in the first place. He wanted those tapes. It was such an important part of him that he's flashing in his head back to being a child. Did he find it? A Walkman? Uh, it could have been in his yeah, I guess. tape it's, set already. Because there is a lot of ignorance clear, personally. I mean, with like moving into character development, there are just some incredibly frustrating things. Like he finds an MP3 player with some punk on it and plugs it in and puts a drum set together. After I feel it's very evidently established that these specific zombies are attracted to noise and plays the fucking drums. And it's just these angles of everything that happens in your movie but through one character that like when again I use the door scene as a reference when you get to Cameron's who he has a real name but we're gonna fucking call him Cameron goddammit they get to Cameron's house and he won't let them in it shows the same ignorance of this character playing the goddamn drums I mean really if you were if it was the even the walking dead or something as mundane as the dead next door by uh who was it J. Walter Bruckheimer would book you Walter. Fucking, book Walter. Bookheimer? Book, book, I think I said Brookheimer. Uh, no, Book Walter. J.R. Book Walter. That's the name he uses for tax evasion. JR. It's just his name, man. No, Brookheimer. That's his uh, tax evasion name, yeah. Sorry, J. Arthur Brook, J. Arthur Brook Walter, J. R. Brook Walter. Fuck your name, man. Get a normal <laughs> name. Why can't you just be called Tom Smith, J. R. Brook Walter, Book Walter? Whatever, man. I'm done with the Dead Next Door references. <laughs> but it could have been an absolutely mundane movie like that. That is a movie so, that is all about zombies. But would you play the drums? I wouldn't. And I think the Dead Next Door is more of a zombie film than tonight. yours or mine. It's it's more than both. I don't think no, that's I, fair. I would say it's equal to um, Zombie Night because, like, I don't think zombies are integral zombie to your think movie. Think about the music, and your film was more obsessed with this childhood music and him as a character, and like picking apart this guy who's stuck in this building. And it's not so focused on the concept of zombies, of the fear of zombies, the fear of the Walking Dead, the dead coming back to eat us. It, that is, again, it's almost incidental to what's going on. I think that's heavily relevant. Yeah. I, I mean, don't he, think it's relevant at all to the story, personally. I think it's it, relevant zombie night. It moots his reason to leave because he becomes so obsessed and worried about how they are us and we are them and what happened to his family and it happening to him that he goes into shock like Barbara and is stuck attempting to just survive but doesn't know what to do outside of it which is the same thing that Cameron does locked inside that safe room well I mean if you like want to break it down to Barbara would you want Night of the Living Dead just to focus on Barbara that would be the most uninteresting movie in the world that's what the remake does they had to completely change it because it didn't fit what people wanted to watch but doesn't necessarily mean it's not a zombie movie well, it, it's an action movie with Barbara, I'm talking about the original Barbara. I mean, the, they updated her to make her more of a Ripley-style character in Tom Savini's remake. But her character in the original Annihilating Dead, if it was just basically a crazed woman by herself locked in this house. And what would happen to her over this amount of time? And again, that's not imperative to a zombie film. What's imperative to a zombie film is how you survive. And it's not the specifics of how you survive of well, where are we going to get this water? Well, and yours is so much about note-taking on 
how to survive an incident and how to like just generally survive overall and like it's not so much focused how you survive against the dead coming back not just survive but that's his entire point he doesn't necessarily survive he's missed all the key points of doing things so it's still elaborately and I think cleverly making reference to all the mistakes that everyone makes, even like, let's just say in Romero movies, Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, let's do the the Holy Trinity, that all three movies feature characters making ignorant mistakes. Day of the Dead, for example, these people take all the time to do what? All you watch, all Day of the Dead is about is people trying to make this mall nice and surviving. So you've got a couple different characters, but for the most part, they're not elaborately intricate enough that you're deeping into Roger's psyche or figuring out what he's going going on they clear out the mall then they make a nice little house and they eat food until somebody gets hurt same thing happens in this movie it just turns the role instead of the character being which happens the character does get hurt almost in the same fashion that um peter gets or roger gets hurt and or blah, dawn of the dead day of the goddamn dead ah fuck it i had it right the first time dawn of the dead dawn of the dead he gets hurt, uh, scratched Have you seen the a leg. zombie film, Hank? All of them, and I've seen them all, every single one of them, all of them! Um, except, like, the last five seasons of The Walking Dead, I stopped on that. But outside of it, all of them! It's got the exact same format, it's just one character. And again, Dawn of the Dead makes my argument even more clear that that's what that movie's fucking about. It's the same thing as this one. It's them just building their own little society until it collapses on their own ignorance. People are even injured and hurt the same way. Like I was saying, Roger being scratched, this character is scratched the same way, but it falls short onto him not dying because it wraps up in the exact same nihilistic, let's take off and find the island on the chopper thing. There's no hope. Well, okay, and that's the end of Day of the Dead, of ultimately people learning that, you know, just get the fuck out. and well, Day and Dawn, because they just take off on the, the helicopter. Uh, forget about the world the way it is and just start your own new world somewhere else. And I will say, like, the, the Walking Dead, I'd say the first season and maybe the second season are very Romero-esque, and they're very zombie-themed. And then it slowly morphed, and it was a lot about... Oh, yeah, because fucking died. Frank Darabont got fired, so yeah, that's, well, I mean, you know... Yes, but the, the characters and yeah, that's how you besides deal the with point. death living right next to you, and how death coming back to get you, and then slowly became a survival f- series, and I think that's... Uh, and what did Romero example become? of the difference between these two movies, though, where it becomes more about the survival and how to survive, and I don't think that's interesting, nor is it but that's the entire for a zombie film. That's the entire point of even Ramiro's movies, to the extent that he named a movie "Survival of the Dead." That surviving and getting by was the main message. Even if it was something like dealing with racism or bigotry, you have to survive. All of his movies had this message. Mine is dealing with getting past your own inner turmoil and dealing with the loneliness and the point of getting through. He fucks up his point of getting out. At one point, the zombies are completely gone, and he could have. Slowed Slowly gotten through town and escaped, but his own ignorance and being safe, like Harry Cooper locking themselves in the basement, turned out to be right. At the end of the movie, his erratic behavior, like Ben's, gets him probably in the long run killed, and 
it just turns into the exact same thing. I mean, I could do the same comparison with Dawn of the Dead in this movie and even Day of the Dead, which is a much more agoric movie, agoraphobic movie. But Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, and Dawn of the Dead all feature one common thing, people locked inside one place trying to make it more sustainable and better, which is the key element of this movie. It's just one person. So it's lacking integral characters, but the character throughout the movie displays all of these things. So I still think that comparably this and Zombie Night are, if anything, a tie. And I'm not going to settle down and, and bow to a tie. I'll continue fighting. But I just see them almost as the same thing, breaking it down. I see them being the same thing, although very different when you get down to more filmic aspects of it, of atmosphere and technique and even using the dark. And this film is or like the night of the world is less interested in those aspects. And like, I thought it was kind of ugly. It does like the night aspect. Well, it was ugly shot as well, because I mean, there was a lot of, um, light beaming in through windows and natural I'll give you light that. using the sun, but it, like we're not. You know what it looked like? Using it to craft anything. Hmm. It just had that kind of gritty, uh, like David Fincher bar room. Everything's super realistic. You have to be in the moment feel, which I really do think makes you lose things. But what I think helped capture in that essence of that, you know, very modern Nine Inch Nails music video look. I mean, you know what I mean? That like dirty, gritty bar room and everything. It's not like this was a dirty set, but it's the end of the world. His cars crashed over, all over the place. There's blood it's everywhere. It's such dark daylight. Yeah. Interestingly shot at all. They well, it's not really necessarily, it's not monochromatic, but it's lacking a lot of color and it's lacking a lot of vibrance. And I think that plays into... Um, the loneliness of, you know, that when you're alone for long periods of time, you slowly start forgetting details or looking at details. You become so used to the same things. Let's say you walk up the same flight of stairs every day for a year completely alone. You don't even look at what's on the stairs anymore because you've gotten so used to it. And I think the lighting plays into the development of the character, which like, again, I like to reference Night of the Living Dead because I think that's really the premier zombie movie that we try to set a balance with or things on. Not necessarily the movie's tone, but the fact that you're really only in between two rooms and you don't see anything gives you the same agoraphobic feeling that throughout the night eats the world you don't see this apartment complex you see him moving in or out of different rooms but you don't see how big it is or how vast it is and you're just I kind of stuck flaw, honestly but um, i think it's the same as night of the living dead expansive with that well not really i mean i under i know the layout of the farmhouse and night of the living dead fairly well just from how it was shot in this film we're just going from apartment to apartment there's no discernible difference in any of the apartments i don't know where he's at most of the time I don't what know would have helped stayed in not even give it try. I'm giving you a point here, unfortunately, but what would have helped as a viewer standpoint is when the movie began, instead of him entering the apartment, they do, you know, an exposition chart, a sh- that chart. Or introduce Jesus, some fuck. of the, the characters, well, like not even that. Just let the... him be seen walking into the building. Like, like show a shot, uh, an expo shot of him moving inward to show the size, the depth, how big or how far back the building does goes, just so you yeah, can be real. Yeah, just so you have a chance to understand what he's getting into, because I will give you credit with that when the action starts, which I think is. Uh, a point against the movie the way that this zombie apocalypse comes forth is yours is ridiculously cheesy but it's still 
a it works as a, it feels like um, yeah. I will say it's comparable to Night of the Living Dead 1990. That's it, it movie is. it feels the most like to me personally. And I can't like argue against that. I mean, I could and be an asshole, but we're trying to have a, a composed. I, I guess I. Yeah, we're trying to have a composed idea to this that, again, I referenced earlier. I know a lot of people are used to the live shows. Last week's episode was us trying to, you know, get a little buck wild, get a little funky, as the kids say. But this is a different atmosphere, and we, you know, we're taking the show. This is the reboot. It's a new direction, so there's not a lot of screaming, and I, I'm trying to... Okay. actually win this argument but i think um it, it, the beginning of both movies yours has a stronger point because you instantly fall into almost the romanticism of a zombie movie and you yes. get that and what even it's cheesy and it's dumb but where do they go a graveyard but what a better place and again you bought it in uh return of the living dead you've got fresh zombies coming up out of the graves but it's it's establishing the environment of what you're going to get into, and my movie has oh, this the very town run wild. What's going on on the outside? I mean, yeah, even in the Romero have, film, you have the television letting you know, and it's not so isolationist of. Well, you have a brief display in a of that in mind because he goes through cell or coat pockets and finds cell phones and listens to people's last messages to their loved ones about what's going on and their demises. But it, it's incredibly brief and it's, you know, very almost moot to what's happening for the rest of the story. Think about this, though. Um, but what I am, uh, you know, I guess my big argument is that you have this atmosphere of Paris. This movie takes place in Paris and it's the zombie apocalypse and obviously you have filming restraints, but why bother to make it explicit that it's set in Paris and not show such a, a, a rapid virus well, taking place? You know? So you on this do... one street for the entire film, basically. We never get off this street with this. Well, I'm unfortunately, is. I'm giving you a point here that you have a full, you have a full. Town well, like people. It, it, we, I could do a comparison and, and strain an argument that, like in Night of the Living Dead, you get these blips and these comments that it could be because of the Venus probe re-entering the atmosphere and all this stuff happening, and you're left with this big ambiguity of why the viruses come forth and the dead are returning to Earth, and in the night eats the goddamn. The title of this movie is the hardest thing to keep on track. <laughs> in my pick this week of my argument, you're left with a lot of ambiguity. At the same time, it. <laughs> It just doesn't help. It doesn't help what I'm trying to argue. Well, but I, again, if I make it interested, for you, I can maybe defend myself better. They're not interested in the zombie aspect as much as they are interested in this character aspect. And honestly, I can think I can fix a little bit of Night Eats the World with the zombie stuck in the elevator. Think about how much more powerful it would be if that zombie that was stuck in the elevator was his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend. If he was able to, like, kind of come to grips with that character, a man that he hated, a man who, like, punched him. Yeah, that's a good play on film. something like Bub, but at the same time, uh, what matters more is this is a stranger in a strange land, somebody like Ben, a black man dealing with... Uh, at the, his time period, incredible pressures and loss in the fucking redneck wilderness of Pennsylvania. This is a Norwegian. I know going into this, you'll assume he's American, but a Norwegian gentleman stuck in France and is trying to survive at his most. So I think a lot of the integral parts of both of these stories have been intermelded together. It's just focused more on the loneliness aspect of it. But that's a big part of Night of the Living Dead. How important are the zombies? 
the interaction between Ben and Harry Cooper and Tom and Judy and Harry's wife and Karen, the daughter, are all what makes the movie. The zombies outside, just like you said at the beginning of this, Night of the Living Dead could have been anything. It doesn't matter that it was zombies. It could have been anything. Well, it does matter in the long run, like when you get to the ending of the film when you can no longer trust your loved ones, and that's something that Zombie Night excels at. And I think Night Eats the World just glosses over of there are no loved ones, you are alone, and death is all around you. Can you trust yourself, though? Can you trust your behavior, or will you flip shit or go crazy and start but playing But I think that's less interesting in a zombie film context. I think it's an interesting character study, but, but you know how it relates to zombies is almost nothing at all. You know what you would do. I know what I would do. Joe knows what they would do. But when you're watching this specific movie, you're lost into an actual character that does disagreeable things, does almost human things that you can get behind, and then things that completely just drive you insane. And it's not an atypical character. It's a development of all these things, all these ideas, all these concepts from zombie films pushed into one thing. Like with 28 Days Later, you've got more or less to me an action movie masquerading as a zombie movie as to where here if anything you've got a dramatic angry zombie movie that's in the same loneliness and xenophobic uh, feeling and agoraphobic feeling that Night of the Living Dead has because one he's afraid to go outside he can't go outside whatsoever or he's going to die the zombies are a massive part of why he can't go outside and then two the first time anything comes his way the cat he turns on it. He doesn't know what to do. The second time something comes his way, he ends up killing them and absolutely destroying the only chance he had possibly at making a way out because he's just ruined himself. The exact same things that happened in Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, Survival of the Dead. I don't remember the other titles because the other Romero movies, we were talking about this before the show. They're a little iffy for me. I don't enjoy Romero's last three movies. Um, Land of the Dead, I'll, again, I'll let that slide. I'll give it a the four. The only one I think is very flawed is Survival of the Dead, and I, I can get behind Diary of the Dead. I know I'm an outsider on that one completely, but I, no, I, I will it has give a you lot of stuff in it that it works, personally. I'll give you that. I like Diary Zombie much more than— stuff. It's much better than Survival of the Dead, but I don't know. I guess I'm hard to please. Like, I didn't really care for Zombieland. It's whatever. I got it. Well, like, even at the end of Diary of the Dead, you have that shot. You have a shot of a, um, a zombie woman being hung by her hair, and they blow the body off, and they're like, who are the real animals, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and there's a lot of meditations, and you have a little bit of that in Zombie Night. Zombie Night is a classical zombie film, and... Whereas your film is a zombie film as well, it's just more of a new wave thing. We're not focusing on like interesting con- like ideas and concepts about the the dead and dying and death really surrounding you. But it's what so- focuses so deeply in Zombie Night about the dead and dying? It's mostly people fighting well, amongst themselves for survival. You have the kid zombie um, that the uh, the sheriff guy doesn't want to shoot you have um shirley jones an absolutely pointless zombie. character oh yeah he's pointless but he's there um shirley jones turning into zombie now you have to kill your mother you have to shoot your kid but none All of that really plays ideas. into the story all these no, characters. but it's classic zombie shit yeah, but if it, it all these things have to have a point. Like everything that happens in Night of the Living Dead plays off into these characters. Barbara loses Johnny and becomes catatonic. Ben breaks down on the side of the road and has to fight his way to the farmhouse. All of them become who they are by the end of the movie because of the actions that 
happened while in the movie and this oh i killed my mom but whatever i'm birdie i gotta survive for pancakes and get out of here and get this whole fucking family killed and she mourns she has a moment of mourning yeah but it doesn't they get trapped in a greenhouse like a bunch of dumbasses like in zombie films because people do really stupid shit in zombie movies a lot of the time people do dumb shit but when you look at historic zombie movies and what makes the zombie movies their action and behavior affects what happens later on in the movie so i had to kill my mom that had nothing to do with what happens in the movie. It doesn't affect well, it anything whatsoever. Do, because it's the emotion, it's the atmosphere around a zombie film is having to do these things. But it doesn't hang. You have to hang with that emotion, and it affects who your character is, and that's something that's integral well, to, you know, zombie mentality. World, he just kicks his girlfriend in the fucking face. His ex-girlfriend just goes, oh, Jesus, she's a zombie, close the door. And no, not one meditation of what am I doing? And oh, I Because that's how you die. I mean, if somebody, uh, when Ben is going through the yard and Night of the Living Dead and just nailing the zombies down, there's no difference there. He's not looking at who their faces are. you have are. characters available that do have those meditations, that, like, Marilyn Chambers can't kill her daughter. She's upset that her daughter's now a zombie, and this, there's no being upset what has happened. It's literally just about his survival, and that's all he cares about. But I will say this about Zombie Night, one of the most interesting things about it... Marilyn was, Chambers? Not Marilyn Chambers, Marilyn Eastman. Sorry. Okay, God, no, I, Yeah, I was, um, I, my brain was just turning for a minute, like, Marilyn Chambers... When you're doing a podcast and you start talking real fast, how it, it happens. Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead. It just happens because you're trying to spill out shit as fast as yeah, well, you can. Well, Day of the Dead, saying words. Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead makes sense, but that was such a hard left turn. I was like, have I missed something with Night Marilyn of the Living Dead? Marilyn Eastman, think of Marilyn Monroe. There's very few famous Marilyn actresses. Well, I instantly um, began to doubt myself. Like, was I missing something after all these goddamn yeah. years? It's Marilyn, Marilyn Chambers. <laughs> One of the things that I liked about Zombinite the most was, like, think about Anthony Michael Hall's character and that he has, like, he has such a hard time finding salvation throughout the film. I was interested in how many set pieces they had. Okay, you're going to have to explain that because I don't, what do you mean finding salvation? Finding this, some this sort seems... of safety because the entire okay. movie, he starts in the graveyard, he ends up in the, the uh, no, I got the you, shed. And then, like, they're going from all these different places and it's just this cavalcating and like unraveling well, I, I hate to like push into your argument but it's he is a perfect father character because for his wife and his child he consistently is just trying to find the next safe best thing for them to do even to the extent at the beginning where their friend Rachel is running through the graveyard he does his best to help her but the second he sees that she cannot be helped he returns directly to his family so you have like the very strong archetype Ben character and it's very prominent like your movie and that's what really catches me with it is your movie starts off right off the bat it zings into into it yeah it just right you know boom zombies and then you have this like John McClane do it all character and I slightly I I don't want to complain and I'm not trying to be you know meh I don't like that style I don't like how the movie goes into it but for the structure of what's happening in the movie it, it, it is very consistent and it's needed to be done but it's not it's neither here nor there I'm just filling time I'm not actually <laughs> arguing sorry well I mean what's interesting about unfortunately we're like actually breaking down these movies while we're you know having this debate so because neither of us have a, a, a negative feeling against these so it's no, getting kind I'm of equally like them I think they're both decent yeah, movies it's um, getting a little funky but what's really interesting is Zombie Eye is how 
they never find safety. It's just going from place to place to place and then having to get out of that place because it's no longer safe. Even like if something as dumb as when they lock themselves in the greenhouse, they're in there for a while. It's like, shit, how do we get out of here? We got to climb to the roof. And then but that is like killing somebody and they end up in the house and then they have to leave the house. They end up in the sewers. They just keep going all these different places and it never stops. That's where the asylum starts to kick in, though, because that to me gets rigorous and, and completely lacks what makes a zombie movie when you I mean, unless you're thinking of white zombie or 28 days later, what makes a zombie movie is one of my favorite things. The, the, the boiler room aspect, the lifeboat aspect, a bunch of people stuck on one place and they can't get out of it. Your movie consistently moves like an action movie. We, it's a survival movie. We've got to get here. We've got to move there. We've got to move next. So it could have been. Uh, the next big movie with Dwayne Johnson. It didn't matter what the movie was about. It's them surviving. The zombies, uh, like you claim against mine, it doesn't matter what they're surviving against because you just said it's about them moving and the kinetic energy of their pace. It's not being stuck in one place and the walls creeping in against you, and that's what makes Night of the Living Dead the boiler effect, the stuck-on-a-lifeboat-with-sharks-swimming-around-you effect. You don't know what to do. What I find interesting about the zombies is they're a little bit more classical. They're, um, you know, the rotted flesh, the day of the dead look. And the zombies, the nights of the world are almost like more comical. I was never particularly scared of them. They're I mean, fresh they're, infected, though. I mean, yeah, they're, they're from, people uh, with battle damage. And it just but like, they're they're never living scary. Dead. They were they're never just... creeping up. It was just more of, you know, oh, Jesus, zombie, got to get the fuck away from it. There was no, like, meditation on this was once a living person and now oh, well come on there's a massive meditation on there was a once a living that's half the movie is him with the elevator zombie dealing with you were a person he he's jogging through the apartment complex that he's made safe and finally stops and shakes the zombie's hand and recognizes who he is because he delves into that psyche so I mean you're fully covering that same we're us they're them uh, all of that I mean that's a massive and a big part of this I Why feel did the zombie not attack him when he let a, let the zombie out of the elevator I never particularly understood understood that of like did he he's just used to him now day of the dead bub it's that same riffing i really feel i mean you watch it and i like i said earlier i ended up watching all both of these movies four times to do this and on my last viewing he spends more time with the zombie than you think he goes down what you're led to i mean he's there for a really long time you, you already know that he's there for an entire season change. He goes down every night and has a cigar and a drink with the zombie. So I, I don't I, I really think it's just kind of a day of the dead thing. I can't defend it because I have no excuse and I've not read the book. But the zombie in the elevator, he lets out when he decides he's going to leave and it follows him upstairs. He opens his room and lets the zombie into his room and the fire alarm goes off. He shuts the door and he leaves. It's it's the same believability you have to take with Bub not eating Frankenstein. You know, you have to, I guess, take into that they bonded. But again, we're judging something off Day of the Dead. It was believable then. This is just moving off that idea. That's why I think it would be more interesting if the zombie on the elevator was his ex-girlfriend's so, yeah, and fuck you, because, because you could humanize great. both the things at once that no matter what even though I hated this guy in real life he was just doing what so he you needed to unfortunately do. make a, a very valid strong point with something that would have made sense with this movie but again like I just referenced we're kind of just getting into full reviews and having fun with this 
amidst our debate and argument, that would have been I like I again I can't defend that unless I come up with some wild bullshit that it's well it's a horror <laughs> sci-fi aspect and you know that's why I can't lie about it. It would have been a lot more interesting. It would have been a lot more fun because you have the character dealing with being a stranger in a strange land and then dealing with being replaced by the dead. I mean, but again, that aspect is somewhat and relevant. Placed in his relationship. But he does like in that defense say at one point, you know, dead is the new norm. I'm not normal anymore because dead is what's normal and he's going insane. And that's what happens in like not a living dead uh, day of the dead Rhodes goes fucking insane, not just with power, but being alone, not having food, not getting out of there, not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. These people are snapping. Um, just as you even introduced me like a bastard, like a bastard man. I Alexander Nash is a bastard man. I am oh, not Salazar, you motherfucker. But he was breaking and it's human. And that's like this character in my movie is a bit like Salazar with how he breaks and how he loses his integrity. He could have been a very strong person at one point. And by the way, you son of a bitch, if I was anybody from Day of the Dead, I'm the drunk. I'm the Irish guy. I'm the radio guy. Why wouldn't you call me that? You're fucking Terry Alexander, and I'm the guy whose name I don't remember. You motherfucker. Punished by a creator. We got too big for our bitches. I'm doing a terrible Jamaican accent. Um, but anyway. So it's Terry Alexander. But, um, like, with the aspect of him going crazy and being like a Salazar type character, would Day of the Dead been as interesting if it would focus solely on Salazar, which is what this film does? Or do you need more characters? Do you need a wide variety of different opinions of what's happening, i.e. zombie night, of what's going on in the world and how do we protect ourselves and what well, you have no character intruders come. I know you have no characters in your film at all. You have like one character. You have all of these things wrapped into one in your movie. You have a macho man, a crying wife, an annoying teenager, a dick, a dead annoying teenager, another crying wife. They're just atypical characters, you at least going... But going through a Romero aspect, every person has at least a somewhat bit of development in what's going on. In this my movie, you have somebody that you've developed and actually shown something. In yours, it's just a strew of people out in the middle of nowhere. Oh. They're like severe archetypes. It's not like they're they're well realized characters, but at least we're getting some like interaction between characters. We're getting a little bit of dialogue. We're having a little bit more than the, like the. I mean, I'll give you loneliness, and I think zombie films are not so much about loneliness as much as they're about. I mean, I think that's an aspect of them. I'll give them, you but this. I'll, I think I'll zombie has more of that. I'll let you have a lack of characterization, but. Through our fever dream scenes, we do have the Sarah character that is in the movie for a good 30 minutes, and you get at least more of an idea of what our lead character's mind is like and what type of person he is, despite it being all inside of his head. And I can't defend how it was filmed or why it was done as this brief flashback of this character dying but at the same time you have to just take into consideration it's one person it's a different idea you know uh day of the dead bringing up salazar in the movie just completely focusing on him to an extent the movie really is just about laurie cardile's character though you have other people but it easily could have just been her stuck down there and these been developments inside of her head so both but of these could be flawed. the same 
and she goes to Terry Alexandra to open her mind a little bit in that film, and he does not have anyone to go to. I mean, he, he goes has to his Alfred. imagination. He has his his concept of this girl. No, he goes to Alfred. To it's the the same thing. That's his Terry Alexander. He even has to go downstairs. If anything, this movie is more similar to Day of the Dead than Night of the Living Dead and the uh, the Last Man on Earth. But he goes downstairs and 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 talks. He gets it out. He vocalizes things so he doesn't go insane, which is what was the problem with Day of the Dead. She had no one to talk to. Salazar was cracking. There were no other scientists left. Frankenstein had gone batshit and John Amplis. I don't know. They make it seem like John Amplis was pretty fucking useless in Day of the Dead because she's going insane not having anyone to talk to. Frankenstein is off doing his own thing. So what the fuck was John Amplis doing? Just going to an office and sitting down? (laughs) Yeah, like for eight hours every day, he just went and sat in a concrete bunker and prayed to God. Nobody asked him for anything. Just ate a can of fucking sardines like that's John Amplis in Day of the Dead just I hope they don't talk to me today boy howdy I hope no one talks to me today I'd say so pretty much but the thing I will go back to in this debate to begin with is my film has it oozes atmosphere it oozes zombie like even down to the music they have the correct zombie score and it feels like so many um, earlier yeah, zombie films like before your film that, has no atmosphere to it whatsoever you're arguing like that like the vibe of the thriller video is what makes a zombie movie yes because that's, <laughs> that's what I'm arguing exactly but that's, that's not the vibe of Night of the Living Dead it's loneliness it's darkness it's being cast out against something you're comfortable with and having to survive in any way possible. I, I don't mean, get the loneliness in Night of the at all that you're getting. None of these characters know each other. Barbara loves Johnny. Ben is completely out on his own. Harry Cooper is just a bitter, lonely man in general, or else he would agree with his wife and not be such a fucking cocksucker. But all of these people are stuck out in this farmhouse. They're alone. They're separated from where they need to be or what they could consider safety or where could be a safe haven to them, as is the character in my movie. He doesn't really, he's at an apartment apartment complexes is a major problem with your film as well though because with zombie films you usually have some sort of scope of what's going on in the world whether it be through television broadcasts whether it be seeing that the town is being overrun and this film is literally just it's a street it's one street and what has happened on this one street but the primordial expansive at all the primordial zombie movie that that beats all others and is how other are every other zombie movie is made night of the living dead is a fucking cemetery not even a cemetery you have a shot of a road a grave a farmhouse and a hill that's the movie like you don't have well, some massive have. changing city you have the television and you don't have anything like this. He is stuck in his own little world and might as well be a desert fucking But island. isn't it enough for him to go up to the roof and look out? I mean, you can tell, you know what Paris is. You know it's a massive city. It, he looks out in every it direction. It looks empty. I don't see smoke. I don't see, like, destruction. I see him on top and I see no one around. And it's, again, it's mostly by, it's, I'm stuck on this desert island. And it's, it's castaway, if anything. It's less of a zombie movie and more of a Tom Hanks movie, I'd say. 
Okay. Oh, oh, that's where I agree that your movie is more of a die-hard action movie than, I mean, Night of the Living Dead doesn't There's have... There's not that much action in it. Come on. <laughs> it's Pancakes driving around, and then he gets out, and he's slaying zombies left and right, and then they argue at a door until finally it's more violence. I mean, most of your movies focus completely around acts of violence and human interaction, and almost all zombies. the violence... Yes, that's a zombie film. Most of all the violence is human interaction, though, as to where everything that happens in my movie is because of the psychological aspect of what the character is doing which goes back to Night of the Living Dead and the you know what happens when all these minds get stuck together when you're stuck alone and you don't even know what to do what takes over it's just insanity so it's arguing. all the same things arguing and there's no arguing in your film there needs to be arguing for a zombie but look film. at his behavior look at what he does he obviously is arguing he had to flip internally. shit but that's what matters. I mean, you don't think Ben was internally arguing of maybe I should break I'm down and do what Harry says? I'm unconcerned to what's going on. In but that's what head. makes the character. If you weren't concerned no, about what's going on, who do you root for then when you watch Night of the Living Dead? I you, root, you root for Ben because Ben has been put in a situation and he's trying to get out. Okay, of that's a bad example. He's trying to be level-headed. All right, Night of the Living Dead's a bad example. You because don't root for Barbara because Barbara's a basket case just well, like yeah. you that's a stupid question. I'm sorry, because dude, there's no other right answers outside of Ben, because if you say Harry, you're probably a fucking racist. You're a dick that's, a racist. Yeah, that's, just, that's an open and closed thing. It's a bad question. Build Damn. that wall, Harry Cooper. Yeah, you do dirty fucking prick. But at the same time, that's what makes the movie so hysterical is that unfortunately, Harry was right that being in the basement would have saved them from an incoming wave. But if they'd have followed Ben's instructions and made the house safer, that's what makes my pick interesting is all these variables, because let's look at that. Let's look at Night of the Living Dead. So if they'd all gone down to the basement, they'd have been down there with the bitten kid that nobody knew was infected. Something was going to happen. It, it, obviously, there was going to have been more deaths. If they had just settled down and listened to Ben and structuralized the house, they would have come up with a more clear concept of how to get to the gas tanks. Tom and Judy wouldn't have gotten hurt. It would have been a happy ending for everyone. That's not makes a zombie movie. Well, honestly, you can't have a happy ending. I think they fixed most of those problems in the remake of Night of the Living Dead, Tom Savini's remake, because like Barbara even puts out there, they're so slow, we can just walk around them. And but that's a problem. To some sort of salvation. That doesn't fix the ending. That adds more problems and takes you away from the aspect of what a zombie film is, which is all of these emotions and ideas compacting into one place at one time, not running around outside in the forest or going to a greenhouse. though, in that remake of Night of the Living Dead. You still have all that. Yeah, but what I'm saying is... One voice of reason who was correct of, get the fuck out of the house it's it's a death trap but i'm saying you're jumping and, and going to all these places you're bebopping and zapping to a greenhouse and underground into a mausoleum yeah. that's not the we have Safety. to survive no, no place has been safe that they've been through so but far. that's the not remake really. in night of the living dead that's a different that's a modernization which my I movie would still is say also. it's a hell of a zombie film i wouldn't call it modern at all it's 1990 it's yeah but when that movie came out in 1990 it was the new modernization of the old classics which my movie is the exact same thing so you can't take yeah, the original yeah, yeah. Night of the Living Dead and then I say, say it's the end because there really wasn't that many zombie movies throughout the 80s you had Romero you had some Italian stuff you like a zombie was but still that until later when you got to 
it's a remake. zombie films. But it's a remake, so it's obviously an updating of the classic. So it's the exact same format. Even you said earlier that they took the Barbara character and updated her for the Times and the Ripley character, which was only massively popular because of James Cameron, Ridley Scott, Aliens, making that, I hate the term, but strong female lead. So it fit into the time as an update, which my pick is the exact same thing. It's updating the genre, but you have comparisons like 28 Weeks Later, 28 Days Later, even some of the less new Romero movies. Update, I'd say it's less effective atmospherically than what originally goes into a zombie film. But I think it actually updates and touches upon everything from the original Night of the Living Dead, what but makes a zombie. It discards so many things. It discards the things that make a zombie film a zombie film. What does zombie it Night embraces those things. Because I think what Zombie is- Night is just violence for the sake of violence almost. No. It's a zombie movie. It's just a throwaway. Where The zombies are coincidental. Like you said, and I've agreed with, it could just be any natural disaster with either fucking movie. So under pressure, and I didn't feel the pressure in your film. I didn't feel the pressure at all. But he can't get out. He was very content. He was content because that was what he taught himself to be. The outside world is so horrific and so scary that he couldn't deal with it. He had to break forward, and it's like a representation of the Barbara character. He had no way to get out. He had no Johnny. He had no safety. There was nowhere to go. What do you do? Say, like, is it interesting just to focus on that Barbara character? Is it interesting if Barbara gets locked in that farmhouse for a month and a half? It's interesting. interesting Film, or is it more interesting? to have what you have in Zombie Night, which is like... But what happens if Barbara becomes Harry and becomes Ben and becomes all these characters? And that's what you're giving in my movie. He becomes agoraphobic and decides to stay inward like Harry Cooper. He then decides to break out and to be free like Ben and to fight the unknown. All of the, uh, Every character representation, even the Tom and Judy with the cat. I mean, that's a massive part that we keep skipping over in this. This character finds a cat outside that somehow isn't being eaten by the zombie. modern zombie nonsense. I don't like the idea that they don't eat cats. Which, uh, we'll give credit in Night of the Living Dead. They are eating mice. I mean, I don't, like, it seems like, and I I didn't do any studies on this, but... Even Romero forgot about that in Survival of the Dead, because a major component of that is we try to get them to animals. I think that comes back to the, the Night of the Living Dead remake. I didn't do any research or anything on this, but the Night of the Living Dead, not Night of the Living Dead, the Dawn of the Dead remake by Zack Snyder was the big aspect of that one either. Yeah, well, that was the first big time it was relevant. Beforehand, there's not a lot of notions in movies that zombies don't eat animals. They made a big scene about it in the Dawn of the Dead remake, and then Ramiro in his next picture touched upon it with the whole horse thing, which again, I don't think it's relevant to anything, but what is relevant is he sees this cat. It's not affected by the zombies. He's absolutely lonely to the point he's willing to risk his own life and integrity to save this creature. He goes outside, he ends up getting hurt, and out of all of it, he shoots the fucking cat because it betrayed him. It goes and nuzzles up against a zombie instead of being safe with him. That's the character shifting and changing to where you say it's just one person. Sure, it's one actor, it's one character, but he changes guards and each time it's represented with his haircut or the shaving of his beard to where he's becoming the Harry Cooper aspect of agoraphobic. We have to stay inward to where finally the make-believe Sarah, who is a real person, she's been in the movie for about an hour. You just don't see her. You hear her appearing, which again adds that 
driving fear of not knowing what's going to happen because you hear these things in the outer sound effects of someone creeping around the house until he finally loses his mind and drives the zombies inward with uh, his drum set. But he shoots the one thing, the one hope of him even talking to someone else. It's just like Tom and Judy and the tanks going off. The cat and Sarah are comparable. All the aspects that you have it can wrap into what you would consider, and we continuously are using Night of Living Dead as the archetype, but what you would consider the definitive zombie movie, I think, are 100% available and in your face with this. They're they're the whole movie. I wouldn't say in your face. I'd say they're they're hinted at. I'd say they're more. They're not overt at all. And Zombie Night is very overt in what it is. It's not masquerading as anything else. It's not trying to have castaway type revelations about it. It is about zombies attacking and what are you going to do when the zombies attack. And that's what's interesting in a classic zombie. I would even go to like Italy and they have more classic, even down to the music of classic zombie vibes and feels and atmosphere. And this like the grapes of death. Well, that's I think that one even, yeah, that even has a lot of zombie atmosphere to it. And there's because that's a zombies. very, you know, I, and I picked that one specifically. It's a very droning long movie that doesn't specifically have a lot to do with zombies. It's a lot of human interaction with the grapes of death. But I would consider it more comparable with mine than yours because it's still so. about the the one character. Uh, there's more characters in Grapes of Death. Though. They, like there's more than one character, but it's the development of what's going on. That you're dealing with this loneliness. It's the the pure zero nothing. It's nihilism. It's the loneliness of being in this zombie apocalypse. It's the agoraphobia. I mean, that's really to me Wait, one of the biggest parts. Had anything to do with zombies, though? That, I, like, that's well, I don't just... mean it like Billy Corgan. It's not like emptiness is loneliness and loneliness is emptiness. But it's all of these people trapped and stuck in one place. No one. There's even this big part in my movie of I don't know. My mom wasn't a fighter. You know, I don't know how she would go. It's the hopeless feeling. You've got that with Ramiro. We're gonna make it to the island. Or, you know, um, Terry Alexander echoing, you know, there's nothing out here. We've got all these books. We've got all these statistics, all these things that don't matter, all this nothingness, all this emptiness. It's just being alone. That's lonely. That's empty. You have to think of how Sarah in Day of the Dead felt, uh, being the only chick alone. All of these main characters, uh, Ben in Night of the Living Dead, they're alone. They're separated from the other types who they identify with, who they don't feel threatened by. Well, the, uh, the only Romero comparison you can really get with this is Dawn of the Dead, where I'd say loneliness becomes somewhat of a factor, but it's more of just what are we doing? But I would say the zombie genre is not so it has not much to do with the loneliness as much as it has to do with just the imminent death that's awaiting you outside and what are you going to do to survive the situation and we get a, we get some of that but we get almost like too much of that we get too much into specifics in the night of the world we get too much into weighing out food and all these different castaway ideas that I just I don't think they're like important to a zombie film it's more about the the um the not even so much internal struggle as much as the outer struggle with people around you and the people that you're trying to survive with and that pressure cooker idea you have a similar pressure cooker in 90s the world but it's a self-imposed pressure cooker and i find that that's not so much 
imperative to a zombie film is self inter like inter interflection as much as you have in like something like Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. And but you don't have like random chaos in your movie. It's not like these things happen because things are going to happen or because the zombie apocalypse happens. A character gets a phone call and is told to come to the safe room. All of these things happen because they're laid out previously. So again, it wouldn't matter if they're zombies. The whole point of the movie is they get to the safe room and they're fucked over and have to survive from that point outward. And then it returns back to that same point. So your driving point is the characters. It's these people's interaction between each other and the falling down of society and them collapsing. It's uh, these emotions, these people that were neighbors and friends and what really would happen if there was a natural disaster that put your family at threat it doesn't matter that it's zombies so that completely lacks the point the loneliness and being separated from humanity and being the oddball out because you're alive and everyone's dead in my movie is what drives the actual aspect of zombies forward that you're reminded you are now a stranger because you're alive. Your movie doesn't have that. Your movie just has survive. There's no human versus zombies. It's human versus human. There's no zombie aspect. Oh, there's, I mean, there's human versus zombie throughout the film as well, but like, how do I phrase this? Um, so much. Oh God, are you going to say the N word? Yes. That's Why would I have a problem phrasing that? Um, <laughs> But if you get into Night Eats the World, if you would just have some form of what's going on in the outside world, I think it would push it more into that zombie um, vibe. And I think zombie movies need music. This film has almost no music. And it needs a certain type of music because Night of the Living Dead has a certain Dawn of the Dead. All the Italian ones have. And Zombie Night has that style of music. And you have almost no music in your film whatsoever. Well, what's the big, massive music in Night of the Living Dead? I mean, you have a driving soundtrack, but... I can tell you exactly what it is. It's not even like the... All that shit. It's the... Dun, dun. Dun, dun, just like Dawn of the Dead. Dun, dun. You have but you've got that with beat. the character creating music on his own. That's the entire yeah, but point I don't of him get doing that. that. Slow beat. I don't get that because it almost sounds like a zombie walking. I don't get any of that. Well, the point is breaking sound. It's breaking the tension, and you've got this absolute wall of silence in the movie's but it's design. It's not creating atmosphere. I don't. The silence is not creating atmosphere. It's creating fucking silence. Well, it's the opposite of it. The atmosphere that's being created is breaking the tension that the rest of the movie relays. This is an opposite of your bubble you're using music to provide attention it's enhancing the tension in your film no you're using the music to make the tension and in my film the absolute silence is what makes the tension and what breaks it is tense i find it boring but these small pauses of music is what supposedly you know breaks the tension and makes things better you find it boring but the silence is what's supposed to drive the fear i mean that's one of the things of night of the living dead when people separate and they're stuck in these different rooms it's the silence between them and the lack of communication. That's what the silence drives forward oh. in this, is the lack of communication between all these people. That's Even with zombie film, man. Day That's of the Dead zombie. is lack of communication. Dawn of the Dead is yes, lack it of is, communication. It has to do with the music. But it has something to do with what makes a zombie film, is these people not communicating, and this is a massive connotation of these things not being communicated. The silence indicates that nothing is happening. No I one do. knows what to do. No one knows how to talk. No one knows how to feel. It's silent it's all silent in your mind and your heart no one knows what to do 
Yes, but you just literally have silence. Just silence. I'm That's not what meditating it on all this. It's just silence. If you had some moans on the outside, like all like just constantly yeah, moans. the moans driving him crazy as he like sits there at night. But that's what the silence does. That's the point. For a few days with the television, knowing the scope of things. If you know, know, like, other than him just basically waking up in the morning, going, "Jesus Christ, there's a zombie outside," locking the, the door point. and just prepping, and the just prep, 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 prep the rest of the time. You have to be silent. These things are attracted to noise in this aspect. The whole but point is the silence is right. But driving, you you have to feel what the character is feeling. You want to go insane just as he is. He's going insane. He's bored. He doesn't know what to do. The silence has to... It's a movie about sanity and not zombies. And your movie is about survival and not zombies. No, it's about survival in zombies. But it could have been about anything. survival and insanity. It wouldn't have been an explicit point that the zombies go away at sunrise if they had something better to do. Zombies was just a name from a hat. It could have been rocks tumbling from the sky. It could have been as bad as the original ending yeah, to carry. Yeah, but you still have those connotations. You don't have the family members turning against you. You don't... I'm, and I'm not but no one turns against I'm each I'm other. I'm talking about the dead ones. I'm talking about death surrounding you. You've and got you uh, you've got little have death, as much surrounding. death surrounding you. You have some zombies and you already know what zombies are. So I don't have to t- that's, this is the what I'm getting from the director. Um, you understand what zombies are. You understand what a zombie film is supposed to be about. And we're going to negate all of those things because you already know what those are. So we're going to do a different kind of story about loneliness, introspection, and all those things. And I get that. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. What I'm saying is it's not a part of the zombie genre in that way. It, As to where it, people it discards running. all those zombie things to be about it's about a character going insane. And we're not focusing this on surmises. the zombie thing. This surmises literally someone being stuck uh, against a zombie apocalypse as to where your movie is people just attempting to survive against one another and zombies don't play a point into it. Yeah, but the zombies don't matter. It's these people arguing, well, what would happen if you guys were stuck against your neighbors? I don't know. We're going to survive. And that's not a zombie movie. The entire point is what happens between these people, and you have these people in one format of a character. So yes, it's a new representation of what a zombie movie is or could be. You take one character, you're doing something more like a stage play and making it absolutely alone. It's a lonely, different aspect, but you take all the characters relevant, even your movie, they go through the same development in this one. You're focusing more on, we have to survive. We're going from location to location to location, and we're being kinetic and frantic, and we're moving around. That's a fucking action movie. It's just a bunch of people running around, and they're worried about what? I don't care that it's zombies. You could have randomly thrown in from some dusk till dawn looking vampires, or uh, it's lava. Even if it was vampires, I would still say it feels like a zombie film even if you put werewolves in it i I don't say it it feels like or aliens but your film if you changed any of that i wouldn't automatically go this feels like a zombie film i would say it feels like whatever the hell it is it feels like an introspection uh movie about loneliness and see i think that's a massive lacking part with zombie night is to me it could be anything and it doesn't matter i don't care that it's zombies it would still feel like a zombie film though they're just eating it doesn't feel like a zombie film to me though it just feels like a survival we have to get out of here movie it doesn't feel like they're doing anything specific outside of surviving the zombies don't matter to me they're eating people that's good and fine anyone can be ripped open i mean we can watch the new terrifier movie and see people get ripped open with their entrails that 
means nothing to me. It's not specific to being like, zombies. It's the loneliness and emptiness. The little kid goes and tries to get the maid out of the room because he relates to this maid and all this stuff, and it ends up fucking him in the end because he ends up trusting someone who's no longer alive. You have all these characters. You have loss of these characters, and I don't feel his loss. You have these in, brief encampments of these characters being lost, though. Even if they don't like, play into the movie. Just like I said earlier, when Barbara loses Johnny, it plays into her psyche. Oh, I had to shoot my mom. It plays into and the then, kid's psyche as well. It doesn't. It Two in- seconds later, he's being told he's going to get fucking pancakes. And then he, oh, well, what happens when the sun goes down kid. again? It's just empty, dead dialogue. It doesn't play into who the character is. Doesn't it doesn't matter. make it's a difference. It's still a zombie film, though. It still feels and oozes zombie. It feels zombie. to you. I mean, I'm a completely different audience member. Your film does not ooze zombie tension. It oozes schizophrenia. I think mine is the epitome of what happens in a zombie universe and in the atmosphere that you are alone. And in you real are- life. Yeah, I'm and that's what in real happens. life. When you I'm watch a zombie movie, you're thinking of what happens in real life. When I watch Night of the Living Dead, I think of what it would be like to be Ben. I'm not thinking of what it's like to be Karen down in the basement with the spade turning into a seven-year-old zombie. Well, see, I mean, your representation of the child, okay, he goes through some shit, but he doesn't deal with it. I'm not putting myself in this environment in a zombie film. I am letting the movie as a piece of entertainment wash over me and enveloping myself. And that's the, the what makes mine perfect. That yours isn't perfect. Yours becomes like, again, it's a story about self introspection and that it's, it's everything not that happens. Everything that literally happens in a zombie movie, this character does and displays completely alone, making it perfect because everyone wants to put into their head, this is who I'm going to be. This movie shows you what happens when you're alone. And you have say, a display of survival. Everyone survives and makes it through. All your lead characters... No, don't. Most everybody dies. What are you talking about? All your lead characters, right off the bat, you're shown the mom, the dad, and the daughter, and all of them survive. And of course, they're not going to kill the kid. So everything atypical that you expect in a horror movie to happen happens. You have a... You know, you just have an average layout for a horror movie. It could be anything. It could have been killer clowns. Zombies don't matter. Your movie has no relevance to being zombies. Zombies don't matter in your film because your film is so much more about his character just fucking going nuts and again it's a more reality based idea of what would happen and yours I'm is about a happy family reality. I uh, am interested what? in an atmospheric horror film that makes me feel like zombies are taking over all the earth all you get is a dumb display trapped in myself you get the pseudo reality of what people think is going to happen with your movie I'm going to survive be with my wife be happy and we'll make it till tomorrow it's just some jerk off masturbatorial aspect of what you could do in a horror movie it could be the villain from Shocker and it would be the same movie it was, that's a ridiculous statement shut up you can't possibly believe that shit that's it a totally could statement. no it couldn't it you're could just throwing be, shit out there it could be Shocker part 2 it'd be the same Thing. Oh, you we're running from the shocker over and over again. But your film is literally fucking castaway. Zombies are just elements. That's all overcome. a zombie movie is. You look at Night of the Living Dead. They're not an integral part of the movie. It's the no, characters it's dealing death. with each other. It's about death returning. It's about 
the feel it's the, of death. Death the returning atmosphere. is the last thing that that's what matters in that of the living dead. The whole point is people turning against each other, and uh, obviously it's not living dead politics, but a big point is turning against each other. It's not death. That wasn't the entire uh, I didn't narrative. Say it's the entire thing, but it's an important aspect to it. And that's what mine focuses on more is being alone and dying One and dying alone. Of the zombie film. Yeah, yours focuses on like five. Yours focuses strictly on a family surviving and having a happy ending, in which they do. Wise, yes. Where's but your not zombie ending? Not Where? music, not the way it's shot, not the way it uses night, not the way it uses the media, not the way it uses. These are all things that are very important to a zombie film and the way a zombie it's film. It's also the same way things play. are important to a disaster or nature run amok movie. Again, yeah, Dwayne Johnson could have comedy. starred in this. It doesn't and matter it that it's zombie. You have to have any sort of anything. It could just be a guy whose girlfriend broke up with him and then we almost if, have the same outcome. If it wasn't for zombies, he wouldn't be there. there that's the only only point he's there it has nothing to do somebody's girlfriend could break up with them and they're sad in the bathroom he's and trapped the end, he wakes up it was all a fantasy i was trapped in this room it turns out because it's all about his weird fucking but instead brain. more like a zombie movie it ends with somebody hopeless realizing there's no way of getting out of the situation as to yours ends with this happy-go-lucky well maybe we can go to a winnebago and stay overnight i don't know little boy i don't know what happens when it's night. we're gonna Here's eat pancakes and then we're gonna fight zombies some more so you lack completely what makes a zombie movie with an ending. You just have this action movie bullshit blase ending as to where I have hopelessness. Everything that's featured in every aspect of Romero. There ain't no hope. Dead. You said it yourself that they're just going to die the next night because they barely survived that night. So they have a There's sword. No hope. But they have, they have uh, a sword. <laughs> let's walk through the sun. Everything's okay. We have a sword. Now, what's going to happen tonight? There's your hopelessness. Your hopelessness is he honestly has hope because he's on top of the building and he hears like church bells ringing. There's a glimmer of hope for him at the end. Miles upon miles of endless miles away. That's it's the same as the farmhouse. It's the same as Ben looking up and getting shot in the head because at the end of the day, he's going to have to do the same thing he did for months over and over and over again and it might not even make a dent on where he goes it ends in the same aspect dawn of the dead uh you've got going out to the helicopter where we're we gonna go till it runs dry gas. yeah nowhere they're just gonna crash a couple fucking miles away yeah no day of the dead they go to what some weird probably the stupid fucking island from survival filled with irish people from delaware is where they end up at day of the dead no hope that's what I completely capacitate. He looks out into nothing, no hope. But he you still have. Bells. Why That's would a you end? Glimmer of hope. That's more people are definitely still alive. My film ends with maybe no one's still alive, and we got another night to deal with zombies. Oh come on, pancakes is still alive. Judd Nelson's fine. Do you think they ever ate the pancakes? Who is still alive to make them pancakes? They're going to break in somebody's house to make pancakes? Hey, kid, you want some pancakes? His parents just fucking died. He just saw his zombie mom killed with a sword. Pancakes? And they had to come up with some sort of, I guess, you know, Breakfast Club reference, and I get it. I still agree. You know, I, I think we're really hitting the bottom of the barrel here. My movie's just better because you're a dick. <laughs> That's definitely bottom of the barrel arguing. My argue. I would say overall, and this and these are like points in your end, is overall I think your movie is a better movie. I think it's got a bigger budget. I think overall the special effects look better. They're not 
as interesting like dead people zombies. I mean, your zombies are fine. You've got a couple gutting scenes. Thriller zombies, man. Well, no, you've got some entrails coming out. You've got some gore. I mean, there's a lot more violence in your movie. So if you're judging it on that aspect, yeah, there's a lot of cheesy gore. There's a lot of bad gore. It's fun. It's it's consistent and it works. My movie doesn't focus on a violent level, but Night of the Living Dead didn't either. Interested in zombie ideas and more interested in interpersonal ideas. And I'm not saying that it's a complete flaw. Okay, what movie? But it's a flaw for making a zombie film, like a zombie film, and feel like a zombie film. What was George Ramirez's biggest uh, influence when making Night of the Living Dead? Yeah, but I mean. I am legend and last man on earth, but it's it, not I'm, zombies. It's about being lonely and stuck inside. That was the point. That's what is driven. Just because with it's an influence dead. doesn't mean it was wholeheartedly the same thing. No, but that's his point. That's what he drove and brought forward with and created that idea thing. But it's people being stuck. It's not. But even Last Man on Earth is still about death. It's still about, and they act like classic Romero zombies. It's, so it's us not versus like... them, though. It's you realizing that you're the same thing as who the bad guys are, not traveling from place to place, wasting them till you get stuck in a greenhouse. Your movie's just action. I mean, it's straight action. It's not just action. There's a little bit of character interaction and how characters have different thoughts and feelings about being in a zombie apocalypse. And again, I think to make it not even a better movie, your film, not to make it a better film, but just more of a zombie film. If you had more characters, if you had a little bit more views to the outside world, if you had a little bit more music, a little bit like, I mean, yes, a zombie film is arch and it's shot like uh, like a lot of zombie films are shot very over the top and almost a non-reality, and your film is stark reality, and I find all those things less interesting in a modern zombie film than I do in a classic zombie film. I just don't get the atmosphere in your film. Which is completely bizarre because I take yours as a World War Z sort of uh, revamp of the zombie movie. Let's make it as action-filled as possible with lots of violence, lots of kills. Let's fill the audience's uh, perspective with everyone's so dying. I don't feel it does. I feel the atmosphere oh. is completely conveyed through violence. That That's what the atmosphere ah. is. Everyone's dying. Everyone's going to get killed. Just the lighting and the music gives it a completely different atmosphere. It's dark and filmed in a back lot. I mean, it's it's not shot well. I guess you can give it that. Yeah, your film isn't shot well. But it's it gives shot you... It's landly. It's flat. It's and that's the entire flat. point. My film is not flat at all. You're stuck in a flat land in a flat, stuck place, so you have to view it the same way as your lead character, that you're watching something flat because it's flat. That's the Again, point. Castaway, not zombie meditations. But Castaway has uh, beautiful organic shots and all these cuts of what the island looks like and yeah, him surviving. It's not being stranded on It's not about fucking zombies. Yeah, it's you've got... Cool two different apartments in this movie surrounded by zombies. It's not somebody stuck on an island. They're surrounded by zombies. And then when they're not, they take the chance to bring them back because that's the driving point of the movie is the zombies. Nah. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I just don't see that the driving point in your movie is zombies at all. It's it's more about character development of one guy and him going crazy. And that's what 
it's solely about like I, again the zombies just feel incidental and and zombie night it's just so much about zombie mayhem and atmosphere and things that are normal to zombie films or at least classic zombie films not the more modern ones your film feels more like something along the lines of uh, the zombie diaries which i wasn't the hugest fan of because it that those two films focus so much on people being negative like it's the end of the world so the creeps are going to get even creepier and they're just going to start because both of those movies are highly involved in rape i don't know why there's so much rape in both of those films that unfortunately is the male fallacy this is what they want to do you know the world's going to end it's lawless let's rape and shoot but that's like the entire plot of those movies is about this group of shitheads. See, I feel yours shitheads. comes more into that lawless nature of people aren't going to agree with each other and it's more of a person problem. And uh, The zombies don't mean anything in your movie. It's Cameron being a dick, and that's what starts most of the problems. Pancakes and his family would have survived if it wasn't for Cameron, so all that incident is just them trying to appease their daughter, per se. It doesn't have anything to do with zombies. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, again, like if you, they're just small, subtle things in Nights the World that if they had amplified them, it would make it feel so much more like a zombie film. And it just, it feels like he was uninterested in those aspects of a zombie film and was more interested in what this one character and how he was going to change over the time and what survival in any sort of instance would do to him. And I just don't find that quite as interesting in a zombie film format not in a movie in a movie itself it's fine but zombie movie but that's what you find less interesting not what is the better zombie movie so you find an action-based aspect which is more of a later period zombie thing i mean you're more into the about the action as much as it is of just you want zombie violence. You don't want zombie movies because you like... I want like... zombie atmosphere is what I want. It's not even so like that violence. So you just want zombies. You're I the want audience. zombies. I want music. I want the music to sound almost like zombies walking. I want the night to heavily focus in on it. I would like um, this story to revolve around a group of survivors and how they are going to make their way and how they disagree with each other and the pressure cooker aspect. So you're more into action. I mean, you're just even explaining now that you want... that action, though? <laughs> you want all this stuff to happen as to where a typical zombie movie is one place, one location, and the pressure cooker. It's not all of these uh, location jumps and these miles. pressure cook in that small town, though. You have it between, what, two different characters in your movie? You have two heads budding. You have one person in mind completely doing all of these manifestations in one mind. So you've got 17 characters. You've got two budding heads. And then the movie is just what? Action? You have one doing nothing. And you have two people just doing action. They're doing no like zombie motions. Film. Yeah, they well, have like, emotions. He's trying to protect his family. He's trying to protect his family. They can't agree on things. But it's He's, not completely survival. I mean, not a living dead. It's been surviving. This is, well, I got to make sure my daughter's okay. I got to make sure we are okay in this greenhouse and get out of it. It's not about the zombies. It's about surviving and protecting. Well, the, I mean, the zombies are integral to it. And again, yours isn't so much about the zombies either. 
But it's about him surviving what's happened. It's not keep my daughter safe because it's an action movie. It's I've got to survive. Zombies are outside. <laughs> Zombies are why he's surviving. It's the entire point as to why. Uh, I, he wants I just to don't. Live. I don't buy it. You can keep saying it, but I've seen it, and I just don't. Well, what buy happens it. when I say I don't buy fucking pancakes? Acting like Judd Nelson, you know? I don't buy it. I don't buy yours. You don't buy it. But you're wrong. That's the big difference. Yeah, you're but wrong and I'm right. It's unfortunate that you think that way because you're just not right at all. You're, you're right. a backward old man and you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to put and you I in hospice. This is where the audience needs to get involved because this is where the audience is going to settle this debate. And I'm assuming on Facebook and Twitter, you're going to post something, a question that no one's going to be able to answer because no one has seen these two films but us. So watch these two films and let us know which feels more like a zombie film to you, which feels more like the zombie genre to you. Is it Send us a spiraling, ranting letter about what you want on Death by DVD and what's the better zombie movie at uh, deathbydvdofficial gmail.com, Instagram, deathbydvd Facebook, deathbydvd Twitter, guess what? Here's a fun fact. It's deathbydvd You can find it everywhere And like Zombie Night, which is steeped in zombie lore zombie culture, zombie ideas and the way classic zombie films are made or you're this French new wave thing that is not as concerned with that's zombies as a much complete as misappropriation story it's not a French new wave movie whatsoever it just happens to be French and Norwegian but you're it's dealing a with a movie. zombie film new you're dealing zombie. with an absolute new wave shoot 'em up uh, survival zombie movie ideas and you're dealing with more modern ideas you have no classic ideas you have shoot 'em up you have survival you last have three seasons of The Walking Dead is your film. Mine is the first two seasons. You have completely a movie based on Let's Survive. It doesn't matter what we're surviving. We're a family unit. Let's survive. I have someone that's going through the you throes have character of being. Introspection. Yeah, I have someone completely dealing with the zombie virus and the world being over. You I have don't even pe- know what the zombie virus is in your film, though. It's and in your film, it's vampires. Outside. Yours is vampires. No, it's zombies. They're coming out of the ground, and I can put... But they go to sleep when the sun comes up, so they're vampires. You're obsessed with the uh, rolling... (laughs) You couldn't even get, like, a permanent plot for your movie. They go to sleep at night, the vampires are zombies. It doesn't matter, because the movie is actually about people surviving. and feels like a zombie film. Again, if they were vampires, it would still say it feels... It's shot, and it feels like a survival film, and all I'm waiting for is a fog machine to start rolling, which it does, because it doesn't... A fog machine. Zombies, goddamn it! You need a fog machine. Yeah, it could just be it. the fog at this point. I mean, it you doesn't don't have matter. Vibes, man. Like Shaun of the Dead has vibes. It has strong zombie vibes down to like their choice of music. Again, they have that. Don't, don't, don't. You have because they use the Dawn of the Dead soundtrack that was established by Goblin. So. But that's part of zombie mythos. If you can get that type of score in there, it really helps sell your film. And that's a tribute homage completely to a zombie movie, not something original to its own aspect, as my choice was. That is a complete retelling. Not what I'm arguing. You want a complete action movie with zombies in it as to where I want a retelling of something emotional that revelates to Night of the Living Dead and people being stuck in one place and the boiler room aspect, and you just want a bunch of yelling and shoot them up. So you want easy entertainment, and I want story and plot. So I win, you lose. No, there's no... 
there's no winning here. Yours just does not feel and act like a zombie film. It just doesn't. And it's as simple as I can make it. Bruce Willis could have starred in yours, and it could have been an anything, whatever movie about the Bruce fog. Willis, they wouldn't have paid Bruce Willis to star in mine. There's no. They probably paid Anthony that Michael script, like twenty grand to be in this thing. That script could have floated around for years till so it was a random Hollywood script because it's and there's so, nothing important about it. That's the best thing. Because about it has it. nothing to do with zombies. It's just it has everything to do with zombies. It's nothing but zombies. It could have been any zombie film. You could have about all these different things. You could have done just anything. not about zombies. Yours could have always. been literally any creature. It has nothing to do with zombies. It's the last important part. It has everything. No, yours has to do with humans that can kind of be in it, like maybe be in a zombie film. Mine is just a zombie mash-em-up. It's like, it's... Yours is humans that can't zombies. deal with each other. The only point of Which people dying... <laughs> Yeah, you just kill random characters with zombies until the point and the plot of the movie is divulged with humans, so it's completely pointless. It has nothing to do with zombies. You only have filler to make your story make point. Well, the zombie films are filler. Have you seen Fulci's zombie? That's but we aren't talking filler. about Fulci. We're talking about Ramiro. I mean, Not a Living Dead isn't completely fuller as to where your movie is just trash. They all feel like zombie films, and yours just simply does not feel. Like Your movie feels like a sci-fi channel movie. It doesn't feel it like a, a zombie movie. movie. That's exactly. the problem. But it's it feels a decent zombie sci-fi channel movie. It's a decent action movie, but it's all right. You're trying to claim that it's fucking die hard and zombies have nothing to do with it. And it's because the zombies, zombies are it's killing not, zombies and it's, how zombies kill us. Your movie is the point of two people not agreeing and their families fall apart because of it. Zombies don't play and in a whole lot of action, baby. Yeah, it could be Romeo and Juliet at this point. It's boring. It, it's not a zombie <laughs> movie. You have to deal with the loneliness and, your and film the is spider. It's more spider than it is Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, and that's a zombie movie. It's the agoraphobia no. and the xenophobia and not knowing what to do and where to go. Your movie's just action. So, I mean, we have the audience. We'll put this on Twitter. We'll put this on the old Facebook arena, Instagram. We'll try and get more than one vote this time. You can email us at deathbydvdofficial at gmail.com. Let us know which movie's better. Watch them first. Come on. Just go ahead. Tell yeah. me you don't enjoy Zombie Night. If you have Roku, you just hit that little uh, voice remote button. It'll take you right to it. Just say the words. It'll take you to it. Tell us. Contact us. Both of these up. movies are free on Prime right now. Both of them. Check it out. I mean, grease us up. Let us know what's going on. We want to do more of this for you, and we love yelling at each other. So that's always a plus. Is that the end? Is the ashtray full? Is the bottle empty? Do you want to tell me that your movie's not an action movie a few more times? I, I don't know why you think it's an action movie, just because by your standards, though, like almost anything could be an action movie. Well, they ran in it, so that's no, an action movie is what makes an action movie by my standards. I mean, like list me out five action movies and I'll t list me out five movies and I'll tell you which one are action. You know, do you have <laughs> do you have a concept here? Can you do this? Yeah, it's a lot like Predator. It feels a lot like Predator. It doesn't feel like Predator. It, or it feels like some guy takes control of the situation and runs around shooting stuff, and he tries to survive and make his family happy, and zombies aren't integral. It could be anything. Again, why is it such an important point that the it zombies go to anything. sleep? 
but Why did they go to sleep? every other aspect. If you even took the zombie, like I said, if you took all the zombies out, it still is steeped so heavily in zombie culture. It and could be the same. Zombie out, it's nothing. It's not a zombie film. It's nothing. Your movie feels like that Tom Cruise, The Day the World Ended shit. I mean, it's nothing special. It's just people trying to survive. It doesn't world. matter. Uh, yeah, we're the world's. What are you talking? Not the Get a title in your head. <laughs> Wyoming versus Montana. You know, it's only it's, one of the most famous science fiction novels ever written. It the doesn't matter. The day the time ended. You we, mean the Charles Band thing with Tom Cruise? No, we were already talking about Richard Matheson, so I spent my wad on Matheson. That's where it went. <laughs> I got to shoot for one guy and it doesn't matter, but you just have this ample feeling of, oh, we survive. It's a zombie movie. Nah, that has nothing to do with it. You're completely missing the loneliness, the anger, the what do you do aspect. I got to say, it's an okay movie. It's good for pancakes. I'm glad that he's not drinking anymore, but... It's what do you do? Do you, like, have things actually happen? Or do you have a guy weighing out rice for 10 minutes? What's more of a zombie film? Let's go get stuck in a greenhouse and, uh, what? Action? Fight? What's there about zombies that makes that scene important? It could have been anything. Flooding water, sharks. You could have replaced that scene with any creature. It doesn't matter. Zombies aren't specific okay. to... It's your Final movie argument. outside of the title Zombie Zombies? Night are fully throughout the whole goddamn movie. There's more than, like, maybe two minutes that you don't see a zombie in this whole goddamn movie, and your movie has maybe ten full minutes of actual zombies in it. And How much of Night of the Living Dead is zombies? How much is it these About things... 25 minutes of shots of zombies. So you have more people fighting amongst each other than you have the zombies, is what you're saying. I probably have an equal amount of time. I probably have 30, and yours has... What? It has no fighting against any zombies. But it's not it's the not fighting the... against zombies that makes a zombie movie. Yes, not the Living is. Dead God is the proof. <laughs> Why are they fighting against zombies and not the Living Dead? They're fighting against each other. Your movie. And zombies. Your movie's just action. It's just them fighting. It has There's a no creepy point. tone, and yours has no tone. It, it has, has a creepy tone. It has a castaway atmosphere. It's got That's a all creepy I get. tone. That's a weak argument. It's got a creepy tone. At the it end, does. Of, you're just slapping your dick out. It's creepy. It's like a spirit Halloween store, and I like their masks. It's creepy. Yeah, I would. Uh, I would say it's got. I like uh, it spooky. It has more like a, a spirit Halloween store has more zombie action in it than no action in your film and no nothing in your film other than what am I gonna do? So what am I gonna do? Fully admit that your movie is just a replication like a spirit Halloween yes. what a zombie movie could yes. be. And it's not actually a zombie movie. It's no, just it's just plagiarizing. It's just plagiarizing. If you remade that like okay the Nightling Dead 3D is more of a zombie film than your zombie film, even though it's plagiarizing totally and making See, you're just grasping straws. Movie you're out just of what looking. Dead was, and yours none of that. It doesn't have enough zombies in it. It's not it zombified. 
Yeah, you didn't bring that up two hours ago, though, so that wasn't your argument now. Your argument is against you being more of an action movie. I and will make my argument off of your dumb arguments. We ended the show like 10 minutes ago. I win. I think... You can't just declare you win. That's not how this works. Okay, I win. I won. No, I already declared it. I won. I won. No, 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 no. I just declared it. I That's won. That's not how it works. I said it first. You didn't set those rules. I did. The rules oh. are I say it first, you win. So I say it first, you win. I win. <laughs> uh, I guess I just lost that because Hang declared himself the winner. That's the there, rules. There's no proof behind it. That's the rules. Wrap this fucker up. I didn't make the rules. I didn't set them up. And you but, sure as fuck don't know how to follow zombie rules. Uh, do you have uh, any jokes about fat wait. wives tonight? No. No, I got fat. nothing. Well, uh, my movie's better. That's the end. Oh, wait, we didn't say the ashtray is full. I guess we have to do the whole uh, gimmick. Okay, so the ashtray is full and the bottle's empty. My movie's better. Death by DVD is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Death by DVD has concluded another day of broadcasting. That by DVD is broadcast from on top of the Blue Crystal Sunshine Mountain with transmitters on top of the Empire State Building, transmitting with one billion watts of audio power as authorized by the Federal Commission of Broadcasting in offices at 123 Easy Street. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning. Thank <laughs> you.